With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Hi, everybody. It's July the 13th, 2017, and it's time for my private audio call. And tonight, our special guest speaker is Robert Fox. We also have on the line Rocco and his buddy Ben, and so welcome, gentlemen. Welcome, Robert. I'm glad you made it on, and what are we going to talk about tonight? Well, uh, probably uh, something that's of interest to most people, and that's traffic tickets. Okay. I'd also like to talk to uh, uh, or speak to indictments and uh, religion and thinking outside the box and stuff like that, too. Sounds good. So start anytime you want. Okay, well. Um, start anywhere. <laughs> how, you first know, of all, talk, how have you been, first of all? Are you okay? Everything okay well, over there? Yeah, I'm still alive, amazingly enough. That's wonderful. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Every day above ground and out of jail is a great day. That's right. <laughs> Are you ever coming back to the U.S. or what? Yeah, I, that's what I plan to, yeah. When? Um, well, working on, on some of the process right now, okay. and um, um, I expect uh, shortly. I don't know whether that's one month or six months. Oh, well, the sooner the better, I think. I don't know. You might be better off there. I'm having my doubts about the United States these days. I don't know. It's a little scary, I think, you know, because you don't know what's going on. And the media is just trying to destroy Trump. Everything that I hear, every time I, I hear the news, they're trying to say something derogatory about Trump, you know, or in that light. And it's so obvious to me. It's like, what the hell? Oh, yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's the same thing. Here they got the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, and they run a, you know, uh, uh, they have a 24-hour news channel, and it's just... Uh, on TV, and it's 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 just anti-Trump, anti-Trump, anti-Trump all the <laughs> way down the amazing? line. I, mean, I know, and and such garbage. I'm telling you. I know. you know. I saw I saw a little bit this morning about a conference that Trump was having. I guess he's in Paris with the president uh, over there, Mark, whatever his name is. I don't know his name. And uh, the news commentator, you know, was trying to say. That he the, the the French are probably mad at him and trying to get him to come back with the climate agreement and all that. They were making stuff up. It wasn't even brought up in the conference they were having, and they were talking about how good they got along and everything. And I mean, it's just so obvious to me that the news media is trying to influence the public more so now than ever before. They're trying to get I mean everybody to hate Trump. Well, we'll see how good the media uh, is at what they do. Well, the whole I thing suppose. is upside down and backwards anyway. I mean, yeah. The for anybody who who you know checks it out, they find out that the climate change thing is complete nonsense. Yeah. 
and uh, and climate's always going to be changing. But in yeah. terms of uh, a negative effect, I don't know if you saw the uh, Australian guy in the video he does with with grains of rice. Did you see uh, that? Um, no, but I've seen many others. I know well, that it's really uh, incredible because he has this big heap of grains of rice, and and then this little tiny little little bit of a few grains of rice off to the side, and he talks about the atmosphere and and that uh, the the amount of carbon dioxide. Well, the fact of the matter is, carbon dioxide is plant food, <laughs> and and the plants. When when there's if there's more carbon dioxide in the air, the plants just grow more vigorously, and the balance is restored. It's a balance that God put in place, and it's it's a balance that that works and works and works. I you saw know, video. Be fluctuations, but you know, I mean, under Greenland, they under the uh, glaciers of Greenland, they found tropical ferns. Wow. Well, that means somewhere back in the past. Right. It was warm enough for tropical ferns there. All right. I think it, it comes goes, to the end of the through, world. We go through cycles with the climate, you know, but there's one guy who's a, a professor. He's got a uh, video on YouTube, and he was saying that our temperature has been more stable in the last 100 years than ever. I mean, it's like buried at one degree or, or 0.8% of a degree or some ridiculous thing like that. The whole thing is just a keep the people under control, to charge us more money, to make us feel like we're limited. You know, it's terrible what they're doing. But here in California, you know, they've got this cap-and-trade shit going on where if you're a a corporation and you're spewing fumes, they're going to charge you a penalty. So what you do is you pay for so many, I guess, I don't know how they measure your, your carbon footprint, but they're going to charge you for your carbon footprint, and that's what it's all about. And where's that money going to go? Is it going to go to changing the climate? It doesn't do anything. It just goes into their pockets, uh, you know, in capital in Sacramento here in California. Oh, they want to. They're going. They're passing a bill now to charge uh, sixty-three cents a gallon gasoline more. Just taxes. They're going to add sixty-something cents of taxes on every gallon of gasoline. Why? What is that going to do? It does nothing for the people. It just goes into their pockets, and these people keep paying it and paying it and paying it. I don't know. I don't know when it's going to end. It's an engineered deal. Um, You know, I asked, I was with Aladask, who was the publisher of the Anti-Shyster magazine. Sure, sure. Another elderly gentleman that we knew that uh, does landscaping, and and he had a 19-year-old worker with him. So there's four of us sitting at a table in a pizza place, and I asked the 19-year-old, I asked him, did you see the movie The Matrix? And he said, yeah. I said, what'd you get out of that movie? And he started talking about Hollywood pizzazz and everything else, and I said, well, that's all very interesting, but that isn't really what the movie was about as far as I'm concerned. I said, the other three of us here at the table are older, and we can remember back in the day. And back in the day, um, a man worked a 40-hour week. He made enough, earned enough that he could afford to support his wife and his children. And he could step up to the the counter at a Chevy dealership and buy a Chevy for cash. And buy a house. (laughs) Yeah, and buy a house too. And, 
And I said, now the man has to work a 40-hour week or more. The wife has to have a full-time or, or part-time job. And the children have to have ch- jobs, too, to make ends meet. And stepping up to the counter and buying a Chevrolet for cash is a distant dream. Yeah, it's unheard of. And not only that, but here comes the real kicker. I said, back in the day, if you went on an elevator, there was an elevator man that made the elevator go up and down. (laughs) If you made a long-distance phone call, there was a a telephone operator that moved a jack from one part of the panel to the other to connect your call. And, And when mom did the laundry, it was on a scrub board. But... But now you got automatic washer dryer. There's no elevator man. Everything is automated. There's no phone operator. There's everything is automated. With all the technology and the automation, you think we'd be better off harder (laughs) and make less. It's a controlled environment, and and they they want to control it further because they they don't want things. They don't want people to realize. That that humanity is on the cusp of utopia because automation can make all the stuff, and and God's abundance provides for the food. There's no reason why anybody on the planet should go hungry. What they do is they dig a big trench and throw cattle by the hundreds into the trench, cover them up, and and the, keeps the price of beef higher. You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that's going on, and then and and so the thing is, a, is a controlled environment. They want to institute a carbon tax, which means that everyone is going to have to have a number, and they're going to have to pay their carbon tax or what? A plastic bag get put over them and they get choked oh, off? I don't know. It's just more means by which they can make more money for themselves. That's it. You know, <clears throat> if you go to these people's houses, you know, these uh, Jerry Brown and these people in California, Diane Feinstein, Barbara Boxer, whoever the hell's in the office now, I don't know. They all have these big rolling, or rolling mansions, and they all have their sprinklers on, water in their lawns. They have all the lights on, so there's no, you know, save electricity, save water for them. It's only for us. So... Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, the same thing. If if people kept their eyes open and and took a look and and looked for alternate views, you know, they they'd start to realize that they're being fed some baloney. Yeah, you know that um, the whole the whole thing is is a bunch of of hooey. That climate change nonsense. Yeah, I know. Anyway, we get we 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 get a little bit uh, we digress a little bit because we're <laughs> actually here to talk about the law system nonsense. Okay. And and it's like uh, they got sort of a mirror image of uh, of the Bible, and uh, and when you go into the courtroom, you're dealing with the Le- Levitical priesthood of the here and now. The policeman yeah. is the high priest's servant. Crime is sin. Going to jail is being put in the ward. The courthouse is the temple. The courtroom is the holy place. The judge is the high priest. 
The bench is the altar. The bar is the veil. The lawyer is the intercessor. The plea is the prayer. Being guilty of crime is being guilty of the sin. The criminal is a sinner. The fine is the sin offering. The court cost is the eve offering. The Supreme Court is the holy of holies. Civil service judicial system is the Levitical priesthood. How do you like it? Wow. How'd you figure all that out? Even the arrangement of the room is the same, with the judge at the altar, the jury at the choir box, sure. and the spectators behind the communion rail. Yeah. Only the labels have been changed to protect the guilty. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. It's it is. It's it's like a movie or something. You don't want to believe it, you know. It's like too much to to take in, but. That's the way it is. This is what we've got. So we need to change it, though. I don't know how. Do you know how to change it, Robert? Well, I mean, uh, knowledge is power. And when, you know, uh, people out in general, I, I mean, I run into it all the time. You know, I, I put uh, biblical quotations in in my uh, my paperwork, and people say, "Well, what do you do that for?" I mean, that that's nonsense. You can't uh, pay any attention to that. I'm sorry, but uh, you know, I, the stuff works. You know, I had a guy, uh, I don't know, 76, 77 years old, come into my office. His name was Tony, and this was in Jacksonville, Texas, and. Uh, he explained to me that he was, you know, in, in poor health and he had a felony case in Colorado and he was worried about dying in prison. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so he described the case for me. And I said, well, that's really a crock of bullshit, you know. And, uh, and uh, uh, he told me that he had a, a female public attorney, public defender, and... Um, I, I said, well, would you want me to give her a call? And uh, he said, yes. And gave me her business card. And I picked up the phone and called her. And surprise, surprise, I got her on, uh, on the phone right then. And uh, so I uh, ran the thing by her. And then I ended it with, now, do I need to come to Colorado to straighten this out? Or can you handle it? And she was stammering, oh, well, uh, uh, I can handle it. <laughs> and, a, and a couple of days later, Tony called me and said, they dropped the case. Oh, <laughs> now, what, wow. I, what had gone on in between, what I discussed with her, I said, the cop is one person. And Deuteronomy 19.15 says, at the mouth of two or more uh, witnesses, so shall the matter be established. They said, the cop is one person. Tony has the two witnesses that override the cop. Now, do I need to come there and straighten this out? (laughs) And and she understood immediately. And, you know, I I can't even recall, but I I may have mentioned the fact that their own Valentine's Law Dictionary mentioned the two-witness rule. 
You know, at the mouth of two or more witnesses, so shall the matter be established. Right. That's right out of the Bible. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And it takes two or more. Yeah. Well, if if you want to check this thing out, um, the regular, like King James Bible, does not have the Book of Susanna in it. But if you go to a Catholic church and get a Catholic Bible, it's got the Book one. of Susanna in it. Hmm. I don't remember that one. I've got a Catholic Bible called The Way. Okay, well, it's got the Book of Susanna in it. Okay. And what happened is a a young and beautiful gal was bathing in in the uh in her private uh environment there and uh two judges uh, had made their way into her uh, private area, and you know, like it was like outdoors, but I guess not walled environment or whatever. Anyway, they they saw her naked and lusted for her, and uh, and they uh, uh, were trying to coerce her to have sex with them, which she wouldn't. But they threatened her that they would. They would take her to the public, and she would be stoned to death. And, uh, you know, because they're judges, they're highly esteemed. And uh, so, basically, what happened is uh, that that was what they were trying to do, because she wouldn't have sex with them. And uh, they tried to have her executed. Well, David, uh, the, uh, uh, no, not, uh, uh, the one in, in the lion's den, uh, when I was put in the lion's den. Oh, David? Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. pardon me. Oh, okay. Yeah, Daniel is the lion's den. Uh, he stepped up, separated the two judges, and then separately uh, took down their story. And their stories didn't match. And so, because they were false witnesses, the crowd took them away and and stoned them to death. (laughs) And so that's part of backing it up about the two-witness rule. And, you know, because otherwise you got chaos. If one witness can do it to you, you got chaos. You understand? Sure. Yes, I do. And, and for a lot of stuff, it's chaos anyway. You know, I saw this this uh, uh, YouTube video where two guys were riding bicycles on the sidewalk, and they get stopped uh, by a female uh, uh, officer, police officer, on a motorcycle. And uh, she's got her lights flashing and everything, and and she informs them that they are going against traffic and that they can be fined for for their the, the bicycles on the on the sidewalk going against traffic. Well, she doesn't even know what traffic is. Because yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> if you go well. to Black's Law Dictionary, traffic is. Explained or defined in one word 
bombers. So how are these two cyclists going against commerce <laughs> and get threatened by a, a cop who doesn't even know anything and and would actually, by force of arms, arrest them, which is what is happening, because she's got her flashing lights on. When she's got her flashing lights on, uh, that's an emergency. Yeah. And and uh, they're under arrest. But they do it all day long, every day, and get away with exactly. it. Exactly. People aren't, you know, aware of the facts. Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, people believe. Well, we were. We all, you know, were believed what we were taught in school, and because you know that's what we thought everybody was doing, we were supposed to do, but. It took me a long time to figure out that they just want us to learn what they want us to learn and nothing else. Because when the Internet happened, it was like somebody opened up the floodgates of knowledge. It's like, oh, my God, I was glued to my computer 24-7, just researching and digging up stuff and looking and finding out stuff I never knew before. And it was so wonderful. And now... I don't know. The only people that aren't becoming aware are the police and the government people. Um, they just seem they're going backwards now. We're moving forward and they're going backwards. Yeah. So, yeah. well, yeah. I mean, some cops are even watching the YouTube videos and stuff. They're learning. They're getting educated. And they're questioning what's going on. Some of them, not all of them, some of them. Most of them are just, you know, too far gone. But anyway. Well, a number of years back, uh, there was an interesting thing that happened in Houston. The police uh, told the city city council that they needed a pay raise. City council basically said, it's not in our budget. We're not going to do it. Forget about it. You know, and that kind of thing. And what the police did is stop writing traffic tickets, brought the city council to their knees in short order, (laughs) (laughs) and got their pay raise immediately. Oh, (laughs) see, that's, well, hey, listen. Yeah. That's like a union, right? Unions blackmail people all the time to get what they want. Yeah. That's blackmail, isn't it? I I mean, in a way, in a roundabout way, because they're using, you know, what they're supposed to be doing in their job as a lever to get a pay raise. I mean, that's, geez, that's, (laughs) nothing amazes me anymore, you know. And you know what else? I just discovered over here uh, on a busy intersection, they put in the camera lights again. I thought we were done with that, and that was going away. Oh, no. At the busiest intersection in Culver City, Venice Boulevard and Overland, one of the busiest intersections, they installed more lights. I can't believe it. I saw them go well, off the other day. It's a sucker punch because the Ninth Circuit Court of, Federal Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that uh, uh, no live witness means no case. And that's, that's what it. you got with the red light camera tickets, no live witness. Yeah. Well, I guess there's still many, many, I guess the majority of people don't know that. Yeah, well, it's a and sucker so, job. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and I don't feel sorry for those people at all because, uh, well, you know, some of them are so busy working and trying to keep their families fed and roof over their heads. They don't have time to uh, get on the Internet, I guess, and research stuff or, or, I don't know. People aren't curious about it, I guess. They just go along and do whatever they're told and behave and all like that. Comply. I'll never forget, you know, when Larkin Rose went to jail, he made a comment about the judge, and the judge said that they needed to rehabilitate him. Well, it wasn't rehabilitate. It was, I think it was some other word, but it was to learn how to comply. You know, it's like, what the hell? This is like a bad movie, you know, what they're doing, and they're so obvious what they're doing, and, and, and the crime, the criminal aspect of the, the judiciary and and the police department is just it's so it's so far gone now. I just can't believe it's still you know allowed to exist. I mean, what do you think, Robert? Well, yeah, everything is is out of whack, and the only way the only way uh, people can defend themselves is if they have the you know appropriate knowledge, and um, it's not. It's not easy to come by because you can't go to to Walmart and buy it. <laughs> right, and not only that, though. So let's say you have all the appropriate knowledge. If you go to a court that's got a criminal judge, it isn't going to matter what you know, is it? Well, I understand what you're saying, uh, and the fact of the matter is that even with the most crooked of operations, uh, like like in Cherokee County where I was in Texas yeah. they brought they brought uh, nine criminal charges against me they held me under siege for 7 years with one arrest after the other Maybe. and jail 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 bond 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 all that stuff and then uh in the end the last one, I mean, I beat him on number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, number seven, number eight. And on number nine, they tried with three jury pools. And finally, with a crooked jury and, and a crooked prosecutor and a crooked witnesses from the police department, they uh, managed to get a conviction <laughs> with the crooked judge. Wow. And then I did a whole year in in the Texas jail and one on appeal after I did the time. And what did you accomplish doing that? Well, I mean, I'm still going to have to go back on them because their their whole operation was a fraud. And uh, in the course of things, the first judge that that I uh, uh, was up against uh you know some people might not believe this but i believe it's like the hand of god almighty yeah. because on the 4th of december uh when i was locked up the uh um the uh, the judge that i was up against his name was craig fletcher uh, this was in the first the first set of cases. Uh, he he was reported to have angrily resigned mm. on December fourth. Wow! And 
And here's the interesting part. What a coincidence, like by the hand of the Almighty. That was the same day as the appeals court ruled that, uh, that you know, uh, in my favor and, and wow. cleared the felony from my record. Wow. I don't think that was a coincidence, do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was pretty interesting. To yeah. me, it was it was like, you know, orders from above. Yeah, you know? turn in your resignation. Or you're going to get this. Yeah, he was angrily resigning because he'd committed a crime. Well, yeah. He, he actually, this Craig Fletcher actually signed court documents or document that of another judge's case using the other judge's name. And there, and allegedly the reason was because, uh, you know, uh, uh, he was getting some sexual favors from, there was a, a woman that wanted her children back. They'd been oh, yeah. given to I the heard husband. It. I remember you telling the story, yeah. Yeah. They, they <laughs> gave the children to to the husband. She wanted them back and couldn't get them back. But uh, with uh, sexual favors, she got... Uh, she stopped the judge. Yep. And so that's why it says he angrily re- resigned. Uh, well, that was because he had been investigated, and I guess they gave him an ultimatum. Either resign or be prosecuted. <laughs> but they don't give us any ultimatum. They just go ahead and prosecute. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. They don't. They don't even. They're not even interested in knowing. You know what? What is what? I'll give you another, for instance, on that point right there. I forget whether it was Dallas or Houston, but anyway, in the wee hours of the morning, two, three in the morning, uh, an emergency comes up at the hospital. A guy has been badly injured in the head, with you know, and they re- they require brain surgeons and. Two brain surgeons are summoned, and, of course, both of them rush to the hospital. Well, at 3 in the morning, we'll say, there's not that much traffic on, on, the, on you know, not much happening on the freeway. So with a man's life at stake, what do you expect? Is the, is the doctor doing the speed less than the speed limit or more than the speed limit? You know what I mean? So both of them are, are proceeding to the hospital in a hurry, and they're going over the speed limit. Both of them get stopped separately. You know, they're in different parts of the city. Yeah. Both of them get stopped. The white, the white doctor is the the police officer. Here's what the doctor says that I'm I'm a you know a doctor at the such and such hospital. A man's been badly injured and I, I'm summoned there as an emergency for brain surgery and so the officer leads the way with lights and siren. The black doctor is given a speeding ticket. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh my God. And so how's that for for uh, you know lawful process? No. You know, they they both should have been led with uh, lights and sirens. 
absolutely. But, you know, like I tell people all the time, if you called 100 different IRS offices and asked the same question, you get 100 different answers. So Well, yeah, because that's one is of the instant robbery squad is one of the most uh, <laughs> corrupt organizations. I remember a time when they had a poster in their office that said, seizure fever, catch it. Oh, my God. That's sick. Isn't it? That's just uh, sick. So anyway, I think we're 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 all over the place here tonight. Uh, did you want to concentrate on one specific issue, or uh, just have fun what well, we're doing and talk all over the place? Tom McFadden, okay, well, we'll where just, are you? We'll just uh, run something by here on this uh, issue of religion in the courtroom, and um, I, I made a list of a few points that came to mind. Uh, as to the kind of things that, you know, like I say, a lot of people tell me that, well, the Bible doesn't mean anything in the courtroom. Well, the fact of the matter is it does mean a lot. And so one of the things is no pork diets, even in prisons and jails, due to litigation upon uh, religious free exercise, prevails. And uh, in the case of um, Jeff Skiba, uh, the guy, had a, his name was Jeff Ski. Not this has nothing to do with pork. This is the next point. Uh, a guy who was uh, threatened with a 50-year felony case. Um, I went there, and the case I got the case dismissed, and uh, in like from arrest to 14 days, and the case was dismissed. They did. It happened so fast that they couldn't even get him to the. Uh, to the grand jury in that time. And that was because they denied my witness, my witness testimony, I mean my testimony, that was offered on religious grounds. <laughs> and they were up against a case that, that uh, you know, uh, most of them don't know or understand. Uh, and that is, for the ones who are interested, Ferguson versus Commissioner of Internal Revenue. And if you got your pen ready, it's nine twenty one. No, no, wait, wait. Okay, go ahead. Ferguson versus Commissioner of Internal Revenue, and it's nine twenty one, F, period, two D, five eighty eight, and it's the Fifth Circuit case from nineteen ninety one, dealing with the oath issue, and religious freedom. That was Ferguson versus IRS? Yes. Versus Commissioner of Internal Revenue. 921 F, second, 588. Correct. Fifth Circuit, 1991. Yeah, Fifth Circuit, 1991. I had that, but I just, I don't know, I don't have my glasses on, so I can't see my own writing. Now look at that. But um, Well, Ferguson wanted to testify, and they wouldn't let her because she would not take an oath. Oh. And, and uh, that's Matthew 5, 33 to 37, and James 5, 12. It says, make no swearing at all. Oh. So uh, she was saying, uh, let my yea be yea and my nay be nay, like right. the Bible says. Uh-huh. What the Fifth Circuit said is this, the right to free exercise of religion 
guaranteed by the First Amendment to the Constitution, is one of our most protected constitutional rights. The Supreme Court has stated that only those interests of the highest order and those not otherwise served can overbalance legitimate claims to the free exercise of religion. The protection of the free exercise clause extends to all all sincere religious beliefs. Courts may not evaluate religious truth. I like it. And and in the Ferguson case, you know, she had to appeal to the Fifth Circuit because she got trashed at the trial court over the oath issue. And when the Fifth Circuit looked at it, they said the court abused its its authority. Authority, sure. They went on to say that that it was a violation of the federal rules of evidence and contrary to the First Amendment. I mean, kaboom! Yeah. <laughs> so what happened then? Well, they reversed her case, so you know. So what The conviction happened? against her was trashed. Okay. And did they come back after her, or was it just a done Well, deal? I don't know whether the IRS did or didn't, but uh, they got trashed in that one. I mean, I imagine they figured they had it all wrapped up when they won in the first place, but it all came unraveled. And so one of the things that I do in court, and let me say this first, um, talking in court, all the attorneys, et cetera, the judge even, is in the category of cops, coughs, burps, farts, and air conditioner <laughs> noise. Just noise. The only thing that really counts is testimony. Right. And so what I do, this this boggles their mind, by the way. I've done it to them again and again in all kinds of court proceedings. I just wait for an opening, rise, and I speak my script. And I have no need for their normal process uh, of, you know, getting sworn in and the rest of that. Yeah. Because Matthew 5, 33 to 37 and James 5, 12 says make no swearing at all. Yeah. So I just stand up and say, I understand that I'm to accurately state the facts and that if I knowingly inaccurately state the facts, I may subject myself to penalties for perjury. Having qualified my testimony here today, I hereby declare for the record this and that, whatever it is. Wow, that's wonderful. I'm going to type that out and add it to my list of golden nuggets. Well, I guess we're at a point where I could say that um, my phone number is 204-477-1215. And anybody can call me, and uh, if I can help, I do. And I've handled all kinds of cases um, and some stuff, you know, like like uh, Tony coming to my office, just a phone call, and his his felony in Colorado was gone. <laughs> and uh, and I've you know helped people from all kinds of different situations. Um, I don't know if if uh, Brady is on the phone yet. There's a guy from Texas. His name is Brady. Is it, does he, can he put up his hand or something? Can you can you tell there, Angela? Is oh yeah, Brady I'm sorry. Similar? I was I was muted and I was talking. I was 
Tom McFadden was adding a case also. He uh, uh, he says, uh, uh, oh, he was typing Ferguson. Um, I don't know. What is PL 97-580? Do you know Tom, Thomas? Um, Robert, do you know Thomas McFadden? The name sounds vaguely familiar. Um, but, you know, I've been tortured so much that sometimes my brain slips. <laughs> that's not that's not nice. <laughs> anyway, your for your friend uh should press star eight if he wants to put his hand up. Uh BJ Mac. Brady there? Can you tell or can he Oh here, Central and uh let's see, what is that? Central and Northern Arizona? Should be in Texas. I don't know. Who's this? I just unmuted you, Central and Northern Arizona. Do you have a question? Or... Go ahead. This is Thomas, Carl. is that you? Oh, hi, Thomas. Thomas, what up for... you... How are you doing? Usually you have a different name, username when you come on, so I, that, that threw me. 97-270 I... is public law. Which they, oh, they, they, yeah, they and that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly that's the, the, the one that uh, Reagan signed into law. That the, the uh, uh, Bible is the word of God. Bingo! Right? We have a match. <laughs> yeah. Now How you let's, been, let's look at this. Let's look at this from a serious standpoint. Uh, I'm going to stand on my reliance on on federal cop insurance versus Merrill, which states in part. Whatever form government functions, anyone who enters into any agreement with the government takes the risk of having accurately ascertained that he who purports to work for government stays within the bounds of his authority. Quote, unquote. The scope. So, so, so now you're going to come forward and charge me one of your uh, violations, your statute codes and regulations. Please, I need to know first off: Are you are you are you proceeding on the infant decedent estate in violation of Corpus Juris Secundum 166, Book of Infants? Uh, because we haven't come forward and basically claimed that um, we're going to do the revocation of the assumed presumed power of attorney, and then once that assumed presumed power of attorney is in place, anybody who proceeds at that point. After that, it now proceeds at their own peril. Okay? Pretty good. Pretty good. Wonderful. Taking notes. (laughs) I always take so many notes. Federal cop insurance versus Merrill. Yeah. Federal cop insurance versus Merrill. Whatever Federal form crop. of government functions, anyone yeah. who enters into any agreement with the government takes the risk of having accurately ascertained that he who purports to work for government stays within the bounds of his authority. Federal cop insurance versus Merrill. 1847. Yeah, I give that Never. one out with uh, with anybody who's fa- facing a, uh, uh, any any uh, court action that involves agency. Say it again, please. Court actions that involve agency, you know, where the attorney steps up and says, I represent Bank of America. 
Well, oh really? Dude. Well, let me ask you. Uh, I, I, with all due respect, may I have your bar registration? And here, by the way, is a list of credentials, Colorado, which I'm asking for your bar registration, your bar number, your code, your your bond, your oath. Uh, all that wonderful stuff that, you know, there's 12 points on the Credentials Colorado. So if they don't have a fire registration filed with the court, uh, Pinsley versus Tagliano, uh, no attorney can testify to nothing because it's hearsay. Yeah. Yep. Well, I was in a, a uh, court proceeding, and uh, they... Uh, the attorney filed for summary judgment. I, I rushed to the clerk and got a Texas Rule 12 hearing set. Uh, and it was set like, I forget, one or two days or three days, whatever. It was ahead of theirs. That was the important point. So we come in to the court. The attorney has a, a four-inch thick three-ring binder. And he's showing the judge one document after another, and on and on and on and on. And finally, he's done. And the judge turns to me and he says, well, Mr. Fox, what do you have to say about all this? And I said, well, I've already won. And, you know, he said this shocked look on his face. Oh, 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 what do you mean you've already won? And I said, well, the... Uh, uh, um, I said, the... Uh, Agency cannot be proven out of the mouth of the agent. It must be proven out of the mouth of the principal. And I, with a sweeping designation, like with my arm and my hand, sweeping designation to the rest of the courtroom, I said, there's nobody here from Bankers Trust of California to, to verify what this guy's got to say. Yeah, exactly. And, and so then uh, uh, the judge, well, well, I've never presided over a Texas Rule 12 hearing before. I have to do some research. I said, oh, research. I got it all right here in this three-ring binder. And I passed it up to him. I said, I'll be expecting your ruling shortly. Ten days later, I had a certified win in my hand. Their lawsuit was in the trash barrel. Well, you know, it's interesting when you look at 15 U.S.C. 1 and 15 U.S.C. 2, which talks about the liabilities against these actors, even though they're claiming it's foreign nations or states. Look up 15 U.S.C. 1 and 2. And when you realize that when these guys are coming forward at you, they're all actors. It's just like, you know, the, the mainstream media. The mainstream media are all members of the American Federation of Television and Radio Actors. They're all actors. Everybody's right. an actor. exactly. An actor. Hear me. Great. Pursuant to 63C Andrews 2nd, Section 247... Yeah, we can hear you. Uh, pursuant to Go 60, ahead, Tom. Pursuant to 63C Amateur Section 247, all public officials are trustees. Pursuant to 5 CFR 2635.101, public office is a public trust. Wow. Pursuant to the 1951 Power of Appointment Act and 26 U.S.C. Power of Appointments Act. So now you can appoint them as your fiduciary uh, and or your trustee. So what's wrong with the people in this country? They vote, but they never follow through with 
appointing them as their fiduciaries, the elected officials who've taken an oath of office, which is a quid pro quo contract pursuant to 63C Amjur, 2nd Section 247, and 5CFR 2635.101, look it up. They are the trustees for the people. And until we wake up and throw out that wonderful Zionist ADL, APAC um, organization that they swear an oath to uphold the state of Israel along with their oath of office, well, excuse me, if they've taken an oath of office pursuant to the statutes regarding the oath of office and they swear allegiance to a foreign corporation, a foreign country that's known terrorist, they need to be removed. That's uh, right. They need to be right. removed. Tom? Yes. Go. Just, just like um, the police officers, the city, um, the sheriff's deputies and stuff like that, they are not elected officials, so they are not really officially can pull anybody over on the side of the road. Because they're not elected well, officials. Well, look, look, at, look at the principle of the Lieber Code, Article Articles 100, or, or Lieber Code Section uh, 43 out of the uh, Lieber Code, General Orders 100. Look that up. It states there that when the slave admits to the belligerent that he is a slave, he is considered a free man. Okay, far out. I'm going to go ahead and grant all the all the the, the principal interest pursuant to, to, to 12 U.S.C. 95 Part 2 over to the United States for safe harbor pursuant to 1.724.1 of the Internal Revenue Manual, and the infant decedent has come forward and stated that he's no longer the infant decedent. He's not lost at sea. So that revocation of assumed, presumed power of attorney pursuant to their statutes on the Uniform Power of Attorneys Act has very, very big significance in it. So I understand, but most people don't know how to call Safe Harbor on their ass. Sorry, my friend. Safe, safe Harbor is based upon the fact you're coming forward and you're declaring that you're no longer an infant decedent, you're not lost at sea, and you're confident in the premise. Right. I understand that. But most people don't know that they are still infants. We need to teach people and school them on they're no longer infants. You understand what I'm saying? The first step of that would be to step forward and declare that there's a there, there's a revocation of assumed presumed power of attorneys and or attorney powers and or any representation <laughs> that you may have assumed that you had over me. Period. Right. Exactly. I mean, you know that, but others don't. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So now under the Florida statutes under 209.2901 or 9201, it talks about the principle. The principle is that afterbirth is laying there beating on the floor. It's pulsating. Now, if we look at what the definition of the term of the word words, born alive are, being the product of conception after complete expulsion or extraction from the mother, regardless of the duration of the pregnancy, which frees 
or shows any other evidence of life, such as a beating in the heart, the pulsation of the umbilical cord, or the voluntary movement of muscles, whether or not the umbilical cord has been cut or the placenta is still attached. Each product of such birth is considered life-born and fully recognized as a human person. So what are they What are they registering on that foundling when they go into that hospital and they make that salvage operation for the salvation of that child? That's what they. That's what they've done. I mean, it's as when you look at this, there, there's nothing. There's nothing other than than what is laid out for us. That All right. Well, I've heard back. of the afterbirth before, but the way you just laid it out, I am. <laughs> I'm speechless. Okay, so thank you. Okay, you know we've got a hand up here. Let's uh, see what let's see what this gentleman has to say. Hold on a second. Go ahead, Jeremy. Did you want to ask a question? You've been unmuted. Of course I do. Well, go ahead. Hang on a second. Let me leave it. My son's playing Xbox. (laughs) Hang on. Give me like ten seconds. Uh, I, 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 left the, I left the room. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's, this is very funny, and it's not so much funny, but but everything I've been hearing is is like I'm in the Girl Scouts or the Boy Scouts, and I broke a rule, right? But then, okay, so okay, you're in the society, which you're. The word says citizen, known in Latin, the definition of citizens means you have rights and obligations to your society. But if a man, like I'm a Newman, right? My last name's Newman. So I have rights and obligations to the Newman family. I'm a citizen of the Newman family. But, but, but there's, in Texas, I live in Texas, there's actually no speed limit law in the code, statutes, regulations, okay? And I bring this. My wife just got a ticket the other day, and I'm about to call the judge from Mason County, Texas. I called him before the last time we just paid it, but because it was so cheap, and I didn't want to. But the last time I talked to him, I let him go off the hook because I see he said, "Well, what do you want?" And I knew that the word "want" meant that given jurisdiction, and so I was like, "Oh, I want you to dismiss the case." He said, and then after that, he was not nervous, and he says, "No, I'm not going to dismiss this case." I said, "I can, but I won't." And I, I let him on the hook, and I just paid the ticket. But this time, I'm going to call him. I recorded the conversation last time. I could send you it. But I'm going to call him again probably the next couple of days. Make it some file, I guess. And I'm going to tell him, you know, last time I talked to you, I said, I'm going to talk, I'm speaking to you man-to-man. He was all nervous. So, so what I'm saying is that what society do you belong to, and, and, and what is your belief? Because only a man has a belief and, and what these people are saying. Do you have a saying, question? <clears throat> sorry. Do you have a? Did you have a question? Yeah, yeah. The question is, the question is, um, do you stand under code, which is a person stands under code, or do you stand under man, which uh, common law um, is ruled, and like in right and wrong, which like hey, we don't do me wrong, don't do anybody else wrong, kind of thing. That's the question. So when you send her, do you send her a code, and you you were guilty under their their code statute law they call law, or, or do you send under man's law, which is common law? That that's kind of the question. Can I respond to that? 
Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. Go ahead, Tom. All right. First, their law is made up based upon the fact that they're a corporation. They exist only on a piece of paper. It's like when you read stories like on Yahoo that says, China says that, you know, North Korea ain't our problem. Can China say anything? China exists only on a piece of paper. Oh, isn't that interesting? Oh, isn't that wonderful? Uh, the concept of this is, is from the beginning, as God is my witness and created in his image, being a child of God, acknowledge all blessings giving, given by God, repent all transgressions against God, and waive all claims without God, and render unto Caesar what is Caesar, for Caesar is bound by covenant to render to the Lord what is the Lord's. So, when you look at the simple fact of what this term of definition of the term born alive is, and that they've hijacked it, be advised, addressing the breach of trust by confounding my actual life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, be a trade secret based upon the misladen or fallen fruit of my mother's labor. Simulated junk sibling registered as a certificated born alive foundling alien and adulterous to my true a priority paramount status and claim as a genuine issue and sole apparent error to the inalienable birthright of perfect form and substance delivered directly from me from the beginning to the unconditional love spirit, blood, and heritage of my father and my mother. So as, as a man of the age of majority, it is my wish and my order, my command, to any and all such parties at this memorial moment that I, me, us, we hereby revoke, rescind, remove, deny any and all assumed, presumed powers of attorneys, part and parcel, any and all attorney powers, and any representation that you may think you might have had previously invoked, or otherwise utilized, are hereby revoked from this date forward, period. When you look up Title 31-363.6, and it says, the definition of a minor is someone who's, the 18, is, who's, who's not reached the age of 18 years of age, or somebody who has, but is yet to claim the securities held in the minor's account. We have never claimed that we've reached the age of majority and come forward to stand in a priority principal priority claim as the secured the principal secured party creditor or claimant. Um, they're going to continue to do what they want to do. You, you okay? You got. Exactly. I followed you. I and followed you. Lord can claim that um, minor account and move it to your new primary account. Okay. Okay. You. you Okay, I'm, I followed you all the way through, but where, where like it, it, you, you um, at the very close to the end, you, you split it off into two different sections. Okay, uh, I can operate in their system. Yes, I can do that. I can file paperwork, use their code and statute, but I don't have to because I'm a man, and I operate in the common law land. And you, you up to like the, almost the end, like you were. Like dot on dot. So if you want to, once you quote their codes, you you switch to their jurisdiction, 
and then when you're in their jurisdiction, then you have to operate differently. That, that that's okay. That, I'm not I'm not against doing that. I mean, my my stepson's in jail, and I, I I'm not going to get him out because I can. I, I believe that he needs to be in jail for at least ten years, not freaking forty five years, and like with other people who got freaking three years for the same stupid. Anyways, but that's a different story. So what I'm saying is that when you start quoting their code, like the Boy Scout code, then then you know, okay, the Boy Scout comes to you and says, oh, so you broke this violation too. And you're like, I didn't break dot, 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 two, two, two. And he's like, well, you know it, don't you? Then you must be in our our code, so they arrest you, whatever. And then you have to prove you're not in their their jurisdiction. And so, so the point is, what I'm saying is that when you quote them or, or reproduce what they say or their code, then you're in their jurisdiction. You just lost the jurisdiction of the whole... You're, saying that you're subjecting yourself to whatever you're quoting. Well, basically, you can do what's called a conforma, which is a bracket with CF bracket, okay? Conforma no, no, no. You can, yeah, yeah, you could do that. You could do that. But what, for the purpose of this call, the most people listening... As she was saying, yes, you're subjecting yourself, but most people don't understand four corner brackets on, on a notice quoting their code as a man. You see what I'm saying? That's well, like a if, they, if, they, if they don't if they don't understand that, then they may want to look up the the term and the definition of usufruct under Article 38 of the Libra Code. Oh, I get I, I, no, I know, I get that, I get that, and, and she's. She's, she's actually had videos on this before, the usufruct and 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 uh, what's his name, um, Gordon Hall. Yeah, and Thomas. Thomas was on. Uh, well, it was a while back with the mayor and all that stuff, and you went into all of that usufruct stuff. I couldn't follow it, but that's because my friend is still in the Boy Scouts, <laughs> the Boy Scout language. What I'm saying is, in the man's language, you you used all the way up till like the last two parts, until you started quoting code. You used man's law, and you don't need the rest of it. That's what I'm trying to say. But you can't. Okay, you can't. Okay, I'm not saying. Okay, so what what happens? Now listen. What happens if uh, all of a sudden, out of the clear blue, a cop off the street grabs you by the collar, puts the handcuffs on you, and takes you into jail and throws you in the cell? And says, "Oh, I'm charging you with disorderly conduct or whatever the hell he wants." I, I what are you going to do? It, no, how do you no, get no, out of the situation without to, using their code? I love so I love to answer your question. Like Carl did not answer your question. I remember the call. I listened to all of them, and I, I'm going to answer your question because Carl doesn't answer lots of questions like that. So I'll answer it. Carl, you mean Carl to. Lentz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh gosh, I haven't uh, had let, one in so long. But go ahead. Let, let me. I, I I study him so much that uh, that I've been answering lots of people's. I'm like, okay, Carl doesn't tell you to do this because he leaves it all out. Are, are you? Me, you okay, let me tell you what you do. Let me tell you what you do. Let me tell you what you do. Well, for, let me first answer your question. So let me tell you. Okay, when a cop pulls you over, he puts your handcuffs. Okay. What? What? Okay, Carl says, and then Bill Thornton. And and, and 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 Bill Turner and and my other friend um, uh, Glenn Winningham House of Fern. Okay, so I'm combining all of them. Okay, so what you do is you don't fight them. You put your freaking hands on the steering wheel because they will shoot you. Like 
Right. They're trained to like pull their gun at any threat, and they get triggered. You know, so or so the hell out of you at least, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, like, like my case, he threatened to tase me, and I didn't know all the stuff I know now. But I should have said, "Is that a threat?" And <laughs> yeah, if, if 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 the cop ever says, "I'm going to tase you," or "Get out of the car," or "I'm going to tase you," you say, "Is that a threat?" Have your hands on the steering wheel, and he's going to say, "No, it's not a threat." And then I make, "Okay, I shall pump proof a claim." Gordon Hall stuff. I shall pump proof a claim. I broke the law. I shall. I shall. You listened real well. You learned a lot. God bless you. That makes me feel yeah, good. Well, I haven't answered your question yet, though. <laughs> I haven't answered your question. But that, but, okay, I shall, upon proof of claim, I broke the law. And, and, and then what you do is you say an honor. By saying an honor, you say, you make the yes in your favor. You, you never say no, but you make the yes in your favor. I shall get out of the car. Upon proof of claim, I broke the law. Because some guy is accusing you, I guess, right? You, you, you have to look at this. Some guy or man, another man is accusing what you. What if they come up to the car and they say, I smell marijuana in there, I'm going to search your car. Oh, okay, great, 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 great. Um, I shall let you smell or search my car upon yes. proof of claim that I broke the law. Uh, and I charge $50 a minute. Okay. <laughs> Have no you one... ever done that? Actually. Have you ever had a chance to do it? No, I, what I did the last time, which like my, I got my, my uh, case dismissed in 30 days because I went down and talked to the judge. Uh, like the thirty twenty nine the twenty nine days and he's like and I dismissed my case. But but I, I did I did that, but that was before I knew all Carl stuff. Um Yeah, yeah, wait a second, Jeremy. Robert, are you still there? <laughs> yes, I am. Oh, okay. How would you settle a situation like that? Well, I've been arrested many times, about forty times. Oh, and uh uh I Consider the the uh, stuff with the police uh, to be uh, the most dangerous thing, because yes. if yeah. you if you uh, uh, do anything unusual and sometimes if you just say something wrong, they'll uh, smash the window of your car. Oh, uh, they just you know do. taser you or pepper spray you. Sure. You know, uh, my friend there, Ted, and you gotta, you gotta uh, everybody needs. To- Everybody needs to make sure they have a camera in their car. I just got one. It was 25 bucks on Amazon. It's in high definition. Works great. You just, it just, you just videotape everything. May I? Go ahead. All right. Well, Robert was going to finish saying what oh, go, go ahead, Robert. Finish, brother. Okay. Well, they'll, they do what they're going to do, and... And you have to be careful with those guys. It's like it's like the army being called in at Kent State when the students were protesting the Vietnam War. Right. They got one tool, their rifle. That's it. And so they cut down the students and literally shot and killed them. You know what I mean? Because they, they, they don't hire yeah. the police for their intelligence. They hire them for their lack of intelligence. So, you know, I just go with the flow, typically. I mean, I have gotten into, at times I've talked them into the ground and left, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, if they show any signs of of, uh, of wanting to get violent, 
you know, um, then, okay, yeah, so we go do. to jail. But you, you, then I, I beat them in court, and it's really simple on, on all that traffic stuff because it comes down, you know, the, the prosecutor, of course, goes first, but then they have to turn the witness over to me. And so the first question is, um, excuse me, but isn't it a fact that in order to be a police officer, you had to swear an oath to support both state and federal constitutions? Well, yes, sir. Okay, and on the date and time that you encountered me, you were armed, weren't you? And they have to admit to that, and they don't consider it any big deal. They think I'm silly for even asking the question. But then I do the wrap-up, which is, um, so let me see if I understand this correctly. Having sworn an oath to support both state and federal constitutions, you attacked me by force of arms, attempted to compel me to be a witness against myself in direct violation of the Constitution of the Fifth Amendment, and in felony perjury of your own oath. Isn't that so? Joke and puke time. I love it. Another golden nugget. <laughs> and the thing is that I've distilled out of out of all of these arrests and also helping other people and doing these things is that the real issue comes down to embarrassment and liability. If they feel embarrassed and if they feel liability, they they don't want you. They 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 just as soon get rid of you. You know, if and, I, uh, if, I, if, if I may. Go ahead, Thomas. Under General Orders 100, Article 43, therefore, in a war between the United States and a belligerent, which admits a sl- of slavery, if the person held in bondage by that belligerent be captured by or come as a fugitive under protection of military forces of the United States, such person is immediately entitled to the rights and privileges of a free man. To return such person into slavery would amount to enslaving a free person, and neither the United States nor any officer under their authority can enslave a human being. Moreover, a person so made free by the law of war is under the shields of law of nations, and the former owner or state can have, by the law of post-liminally, no belligerent lien or claim of service. Article 44, all wanton violence committed against persons in an invaded country, all destruction of property not commanded by the authorized officer, all robbery, all pillage or sacking, even after taking a place by main force, all rape, wounding, maiming, or killing of such inhabitants are prohibited under the penalty of death or such severe punishment as may seem adequate to the gravitivity of the offense. A soldier, officer, or private in the act of committing such violence and disobeying a superior order of him to abstain from may be lawfully killed on the spot by such superior. The question is, excuse me, officer, may I speak to your OD? That's your officer of the day. Uh, Excuse me, sir, may I speak to your OD, your officer of the old day? Excuse me, sir, may I speak to your CO, the commanding officer? Excuse me, sir, may I speak to your JAG official located at your facility? As soon as you do that, I, I did that. I mean, I did that, but, but let me let me, let me, let me chime in here. That, that, that is yeah, exactly what, and what I did was, um, I never get in jurisdiction, first of all, they booked my wedding day. I said, you're liable. I shall upon I could barely understand you. Did you change phones or something? 
Oh, hang on a second. Is that better? Very bassy. Yeah. Boy, that was terrible. I was struggling to hear you. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, Sorry. So, so what I did when they pulled me over, I, I first I filmed the guy and then came to the window. I rolled down an inch. I filmed him and then he, he opened my door and stole my phone and I took it back from him and then and then he I turned it off and I came back the second time. Another guy came, broke my window, I say shop, I'm proclaim, all that stuff. Anyways, but the, the the first guy, he puts me in the front seat of the cop car, not behind the bars, or in the back seat. Oh the and front says, seat, yeah, I love it. Yep. He puts the camera on me and I start talking to the camera like I'm talking to the jury. I was like, this guy didn't announce himself and identify himself. And he's like, yes, I did. And he goes to his trunk and gets, <laughs> he goes, he goes to his trunk and gets actually actual the Ranger rights card and he brings the car back to the front seat of his cop car. And I'm in, I'm in the passenger seat with the handcuffs. And he let me he let me bring my phone with me to the front seat and I was texting on my back saying, hey, I'm going to jail. How do you so, text behind your back? I was very hard. It was it was very hard, but <laughs> so, so it was all on camera. I wish I they wow. didn't have, didn't have a video of it. I couldn't. I tried to get a copy of it, but they didn't have it because they never sent the the cop never sent off the case. Like there was no case. Oh. But anyway, so so he says he reads me Miranda rights, right? He says you know blah 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 blah, and then he says, do you understand your rights? And I look at him. I say, I do not understand. And I do not stand under. And his face drops like a, like sad. He's like, oh. <laughs> and and then I, I I thought we're still acting, right? So we take off. We take off going downtown, right? And he's like, oh, what do you do for a living? I said, I study the law. And his face goes drops again, right? And I, I was like, oh no no no. I I, thought, I, I said to him, I said, we're still acting. No no no. I I saw Kirby back to the door. So what do you do? Uh, so I pull people over and take my jail. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, Are you like, got oh, no, stepped on? I didn't why understand why what you said. What did no, you no, say? I, you got... I said to him, I said... I said if someone asked me, what do I do for a living? I put my hand over her heart and I say, I breathe for a living. What else can I possibly do? Where do you live? I put my hand on my heart and say, I live right here. This is... I started guarding Paul and I didn't know Carl Lynn's stuff. So, so, yeah. so, so, like, he, well, okay, I'm going to repeat what I said. Like, so he asked me, so what he did for a living? I said, I study the law. And his face turned down. I'm looking at the camera. And he was all sad. And I was like, oh, I thought we were still acting, you know? And I was like, oh, no, no. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm a salesman. And then he started talking to me like we're best friends again. We're, we're like having a chit-chat for 15 minutes going downtown. And I'm like... They're like normal people, and then we get downtown, and I he comes around to the the, the pastor's side of the door, and he says get out, and I just sit there, and I let him pull me because I'm not committing to just jurisdiction, right? I finally get inside, you know, I say help, help, I'm being kidnapped, and I say it three times, and they come over and they put me in a separate cell from population, so. Like the, the the sergeant comes and talks to me because I asked for the sergeant. And the sergeant, we have any more help? We need any more trouble out of you? I was like, uh, I haven't created any trouble. What trouble have I created? I created question mark, but I didn't lose jurisdiction. And then get this: the magistrate 
the magistrate was scared shitless of me. And I, he put me in chains, right? And the, the magistrate looks, the magistrate didn't know who we were. There's like five of us. And he puts my, he, the, the, my, my, my file was on top. He's a Jeremy Newman. And he's all, and he's like looking back and forth to see who we are. And I say, yes. And he says, this is not the time to argue your case. And he lowers my, 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 my bond to get out of jail. It, my last bond was like 3000 or it was like $30,000. And then like this time, it was like, it was like 2000 So I'll have to pay $200 to get out of jail. It was crazy. But what's going on? Like it should be more than $3,000, $30,000. So... So this time, like, contract, if, I, if I may, they modified the contract to get you to comply, and that's what they always do. They always dangle a carrot in front of you. By what authority me, you come before me, me, and what is me, the hierarchy of the agreement upon which you believe I'm operating? Let me finish, because they dismissed the case with the next 29 days. The next what? 29 days. They dismissed the case in, in the next 29 days because of what I did. That's I went different. I, I have a question for you. When you say they dismissed the case, did they dismiss it? Did they discharge it? Was it dis- was it? I, I I I know what the word discharge and dismiss means. Okay. So I can't I, hear I'm you again. To... You're muffled. Okay. Okay. I know what the word discharge means, and I know what the word dismiss means. But at that time, I didn't know. But but. Jeremy, what did you do to the phone? Hang on a second. Hang on a second. It's it's. So, anyways, anyways, I know what the word discharge okay. and dismiss means. They, I, I went down there within twenty eight days, twenty nine days, and I, I pulled the judge out after hours, with off the record. I was so glad I was off the record, because I was just going off of, you know, a, a, like not experienced. And just, just like knowledge of like, okay, it's all right, the speedy trial kind of stuff. And so I, as a judge, blah, 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 he was like, well, you know, if you were drinking or not. And then if the DA couldn't bring up a file, like, oh, just FN CPS takes six months. And then after. And then uh, you're I getting stepped on. You know what? I, I can't understand what you're saying, Jeremy. Go charge yeah. your batteries or something. They're not, it's not working. What about now? Reason? Is that better? Yeah. Oh, yeah, but you know what? Slower. Hold on a second. Hold slower. on a second. Hold on a second. This is Robert Fox's call tonight. So, Robert, do you have anything to contribute to what he's been saying? Well, absolutely. Um, the The thing is, we're all seeking what works and what uh, is best. And in that regard, it's time for me to mention it because we're 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 getting off on various tangents and uh and there's probably a lot of people listening now or will go through the archives and and listen to it later and what i need to mention is that i'm working with and helping um Randy Kelton and he's got a computerized program so that when you have a one of these traffic incidents what they call traffic um, and that, by the way, traffic is defined as commerce. So um, when they want to when they want to rob you in their commerce event, um, 
the the stuff gets plugged into a computer program, and it would take you to victory, and then to the cash out lawsuit at the end, and it's all computerized. And is Randy available? Can he put up his hand and speak on on this right now? I don't know. Is he here? Randy, Randy paging I, Randy Kelton. Push uh, star eight. Uh, Rich Rich Iverson's on. He had his hand up. I unmuted him. But um, Randy, if you're here, press star eight. I don't know what his uh, handle would be. So I don't see him. Well, I thought he was going to be here. I talked to him just shortly before uh, before the call. And uh, okay, well. And what about Brady? Uh, Is he on on there or not? I don't know. Brady, are you there? Press star eight. Star eight will put your hand up in the queue, and I will be able to unmute you. Um, I don't see either one. I don't know. uh, Where are they? I mean, I've got... Well, um, both of them are in Texas. Uh, Let's see here. Ohio, Oregon... Southeast Colorado, Florida, Pennsylvania. I don't see uh, anybody from Texas. Oh, well. <laughs> I wonder if but they had the same problem as I had. I maybe. dialed at 39904 uh, pound. Yeah. And it kept on telling me I couldn't get on. I don't know why. Um, did you? Do you have... Do you have an account at TalkShoe? I don't know. Because it might recognize your phone number and expect you to do something to put in a particular, you know, PIN number or whatever the number is. I don't, whatever you gave it when you, if you signed up, if you joined. Otherwise, it shouldn't be a problem. You would come in as a guest. But I don't know. You know. May I? May I? May you what? <laughs> May I? Uh, I'll bring another uh, dimension to this, and this is based upon statues, which I want. Okay, to but hold on, hold on one second, Thomas, because I told uh, uh, Rich he could come on. So, oh, there you've already been unmuted. Go ahead, Rich. What did you want to say? Oh, hey, Angela. Thanks. Um, Hi. Yeah, clearly. Uh, Jeremy is aware of a bunch of stuff, as are a lot of people on this call. And the thing that's, um, I suppose you could say, uh, ruffling my feathers is the complexity of all of it. I mean, this stuff has to be spoken. You know, it's got to be converted into some lingo and dialogue that's going to pass muster in a courtroom. These people do this for a living. You know, we go in there once in a while, and unfortunately for us, um, more of a load on us because they know the ins and outs and we don't. So as uh, informed and aware as, um, you know, Jeremy sounds, what I'm hearing is um, it results in assault and battery. I don't see why that, why that is a particularly uh, cost-effective defense. Um, we know that cops are trained to control. They're power, they're power junkies. That's what they do. They're adrenaline freaks. So uh, I, I, I think the smart move is to say the least as possible. Yeah, keep your hands on the wheel. 
tenant two, take the keys out of the ignition, put them on the dashboard so the cop can see them, yeah, and roll the window down. Now, it seems like the smart move would be to just have all your stuff ready to hand to the cop. There's an incredible story out of Florida today. Uh, some cops pulled over um, a woman. The woman happened, happened to be, um, I don't uh, black, and um, she happened to be <laughs> the first black attorney <laughs> in that circuit. And so she, she was a state smart. attorney. She was a state attorney, sir. So, so what? She's an attorney, and she knew what to say. She didn't say much, and she asked the right questions. You know, it's like why? Why'd you run the? Why'd you run the tag? And and what the cops said are are are, are a clear giveaway. They don't know what they're doing. They're playing her. She's sitting in the car, and when, when she asked the question about why'd you run the tags, one of the, the cop who responded, one of the things he added was the windows appeared to him to be overly tinted, and she cracked a smile. That woman <laughs> knew what those cops were doing. She said the least amount of stuff, handed the, her license to the cop, just sat there, was really mellow, asked if they had a business card, Cop didn't have one. He wrote it down on a, on a piece of paper, and they let her go without citing her. So I really don't see why this needs to be so uh, vocally complex. It's not a good idea to litigate your case out of curbside. You know, just here's my stuff. Um, officer, I'm, I'm scared. Please do what you're going to do. I'm going to sit right here. You know, uh, uh, it's really simple. Just don't get a beat down. Don't get your car taken. You know, who wants to replace a broken window? Roll the damn thing down. As soon as you stop, they got a problem. As soon as they turn the red lights on, they got a problem because they have, to identify, they have to identify the crime, and they never do in court. They have Especially. to identify the state emergency. When they turn on those lights at the state of emergency, yeah, well, you can go down that road if you want, but I'm not going to do that. All I care about is when those red lights go on, based on every single court case I've ever read about this particular issue, the courts have identified that as an officer's show of authority. Now, when those red lights go on, regardless of whether it's an emergency or not, the question becomes, is that a request or a command? We know it's a command. So when the party to whom those lights are directed halts, you've got an arrest. And as soon as the cop walks up, because the cop had to arrest your movement before he could detain you for questioning. I think it's important to put the horse before the cart. But the key to be aware of is if the officer um, pulls someone over for, like, overly tinted windows, expired tab, no plates, talking on a cell phone, seat belt, uh, rolling stop through a, you know, on a right turn, these are all infractions, and they're not crimes. So you've got the cop by the short hairs. And if you can just keep your mouth shut and let him, let him screw up, you have, you'll get the piece of paper with his signature on it. 
And then you can, if you want to go into a courtroom and make a record, which you could then use to file, you know, if you wanted to file a claim for damages for like ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars for denial and deprivation of clearly established constitutionally secured rights under color of law, you'll have the officer's testimony. Officer, uh, did you is uh, is this a copy of the notice to appear that you issued? Yes. And is this a copy of your signature? Yes. Thank you very much, officer. Now take a look at California Vehicle Code Section four zero five zero four. California Vehicle Code four zero five zero four. Folks. In California, the legislature has informed us we are in custody until the officer issues that piece of paper. So we can ask the officer in a courtroom if you want to go there and do the do your stuff. Officer, um, uh, at the time of your contact, was I free to leave? No. Uh, was I free to leave after you issued the notice to appear? Yes. Thank you. Uh, you, you got him by the short hairs. You were held officer. Do you have personal knowledge of Vehicle Code Section 40504? You got him. Either way, if he says yes, you got him. You were under arrest and held in custody. If he says no, he's incompetent. If he says, I don't know, he's incompetent. You got him. There's no reason to overcomplicate this stuff. You want to keep the judicial officers out of the mix. We don't want to be arguing with them. But in any event, um, this stuff sounds really good. But, but I'm, my concern is the practical application of it. How how. How is a pro per with not very much court time uh, going to do when they have to talk about this stuff? Anyway, thank you. That was what I had to offer. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Rich. And and I'm with Rich Iverson on that. And and what I have to say about it is this: is is exactly right. And that what you do in that program, in case you didn't catch it is you use their system to hang them. Thank Where you. Where can you get a free court reporter taking down the testimony of the officer? Hello. Now, you can hey. do that outside. You can do that outside. Every major uh, city is going to have a an office of court reporters where a whole bunch of them get together, and they've got their own cubicles to do their work, and they have a room where they have a conference table. And you'll get the room typically for free if you hire a court reporter. And then you have to go and file a lawsuit or pre-filing discovery at the courthouse. And then you can issue subpoenas and you can get various parties like the police officer and the jailer or whatever you need to back up your your, uh, stuff for your lawsuit. You can get those people in to the to the deposition table with a court reporter and a, a video taking down the the stuff as a uh, you know under sworn oath and even videoing the the uh, production there and ask those same questions but like Rich uh, Iverson is pointing out you can get it all for free if you just go to the courtroom and then sue the bastards. Great, I, I need no disrespect by this question. But how do you get somebody out of jail? How do you get somebody out of jail? It depends on the situation. But, uh, for instance, Brady was in jail in Rowlett. And uh, in Texas, it's um, they've got five days to bring you to trial on, on a traffic matter. After and trial. So, after trial. Well... 
Okay. L let me explain. I'll explain the after trial, but I want to tell you about Brady. So, so he's in there, and I'm watching the calendar. Okay, so on the fifth day, at 3.45 in the afternoon, I call the judge's office. You never get to talk to the judge, but somebody will answer the phone. So a lady answered the phone, and I said to her, you have a fellow in your jail there, uh, Brady Byram, and he's, uh, he's got uh, this traffic matter, but uh, I noticed that uh, uh, you haven't brought him to trial. And uh, today's the fifth day, and it looks like at this time in the afternoon, you're not going to get a jury together for for his trial. And uh, they at the at they had planned for him to be in I forget like 23 days is what their plan was, and they were offering you know to let him work off the stuff at uh, whatever 50 bucks or 100 bucks a day, whatever that is. You know, you know, keeping them in, incarcerated. So right, right, I said, here it is, the fifth day. It's late in the afternoon. I don't think you're going to get a jury together at this time. I said, however, you got a problem because Article 17.151 of the Texas Code uh, says that you have to bring them to trial within five days. And I said, <laughs> if you want to have a problem, yes. you, you can. You've got the right guy for it. I said because the city will be laboring under a multi-million dollar uh, lawsuit in short order. I said, with yes. this guy, I'm just, I yes. said, this is not a threat. This is a, you are forewarned that, that okay. this guy is, is a serious problem for you. And, and I said, if you have any doubts, all you have to do is call the Mesquite Police Department because they're already laboring under a multi-million dollar lawsuit. Yes. Have a great day. I hung up, and and uh, a few minutes later, Brady's calling from the uh, lobby. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, this is, okay. This, but my point is that, yeah, there, there's, like, ten ways to do this in different ways. And, and, and like, yeah, that, that's exactly, like, perfect, yes. Uh, <laughs> That, that that is how you do it. Like you, well, one way you could do it, and then another way is you just file a claim for property, and then another way is to sue them and see if they have jurisdiction, or you challenge subject matter jurisdiction. Another way, it's it, like there's lots of ways. But the, the, yeah, I love I, that. That yeah, you, that's that I love it. That that's perfect. And whoever's listening, that that's one way you can do do it. And, okay. And it, it depends on it depends on though if this. The, the situation, like, okay, the, okay, is who, who, who you, who is your opposition? It's like the order war. I don't know if you all read the order war, all right? If your enemy is bigger than you, then you divide them. Uh, this is like, and it's just the same way with like law stuff I look at. Because, all right, we have to move on, Jeremy. I, we've got a lot of people. I'm going to leave you But we've got other people with their hands up, so we're going to no, get to that. And definitely. We'll carry on. Okay, thank you. Well, Sun Tzu's Art of War is important to read and, and is an excellent book, of course, yeah. and it helps formulate strategy. But after decades of being, you know, in and out of the courtroom and, and under arrest and all that stuff, the thing that I've distilled from it is that the, that what gets their attention is embarrassment, 
and liability. Mm -hmm. If you embarrass them every time they come to court, they don't want to do it. (laughs) And so I've had them where they put me on a list and issued an intelligence memorandum to all the police. That's the key. That's the key. That's the key. But we need to help out the other people that are on the call. Jeremy, mute yourself. I hear lots of noise. Let me mute myself. We need to help other people, okay, on the call. Thank you. Patriot One, go ahead. You've been unmuted. May I? Uh, Wait one second. I'll I'll be really fast. Thank you very much, Angela. I just wanted to get out there because I was muted on the call. Um, Randy Kelton is on the radio live for 15 more minutes. Uh, That's why he couldn't call in. So maybe uh, Robert would like to uh, send him a text or something um, and let him know to call in here when he's done there. Um, Well, I'll tell you what, I don't have have texting capability. I got a phone that, you know, I got a coal chute and I put coal in it and and pump up a bit of steam, and this uh, old phone works, you know, like it's Humphrey Bogart thing. <laughs> uh, well, I, then, I uh, thought he was you. on, He's. I thought he was on Rule of Law Radio every Thursday night. Correct, 9 to so 11 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, yeah. I talked to him just a couple hours before he, less than, pardon me, just an hour before before your show. Did he did he think you meant his show that he was going to be on? Maybe he he was gonna he was gonna be on he was gonna get on this this thing. Oh well, and, maybe in and, fifteen uh, minutes. Explain his his uh, computerized let, let program. You, let, let me maybe he'll be on in question, Let, let me ask you, Robert. If I was to get a yes. hold of Randy, if I was to get a hold of Randy, can I give him a code word to uh, call Robert or have him to do something? To, to get on here, would, would he know that? If I said Mr. Fox wants you to call in to talk to you, would he know? Yeah, well, yeah, he okay, okay. okay, keep it simple. Let me. Yeah, I mean, I, unless he has the same problem that I had, where I was trying, well, you know, repeatedly I'll, I'll, with I can that explain code. To him, I keep it simple. I can explain to him how to do everything. Not a problem. I just my question was answered. Yes, I will try to get a hold of him. Um, okay. and, That's what uh, Robert, I'm asking you to do. Yes, I'll, and it would I'll be greatly and, appreciated. May I? And I'll call. I'll call you this weekend because I oh, do have another wait. question for who you. Is, Thank you very much. I, uh, who is this one? Wait a second. Who has set me free too? Are you Randy Kelton? No, no. Set me free, oh. right? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, no, no. Yeah, I wanted to on. say I just texted. I just texted him for him. Oh, thank you so much. I, I just, Angela, this is Renee. I just texted Randy uh, and gave him the pen and the code to get in. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you yeah. very much. Uh, <laughs> and I'm out. Thank you, Angie. Okay, thank, thank you, Patriot. Angela, Angela, may I? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. Is that you, Thomas? Yes, this is me. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. I want to go back to the foundation of this whole principle of them operating on this presumption that we're all um, criminals, uh, infants, whatever. When I research this stuff, when a power of attorney takes effect, based upon the event and issue, which is usually within seven days after the event and the issue. Now, under Florida statutes, 709 21 08. 
When is the power when power of attorney is effective? The power of attorney is effective based upon the fact the affidavit is executed by the physician who must state that the physician is licensed to practice medicine or osteopathic medicine pursuant to Chapter 458 or Chapter 459, that the physician is the primary physician who has responsibility for the treatment and the care of the principal, and that the physician believes that the principal lacks the capacity to manage property. This is the foundation of the assumption that they have a right to rule over what we do. When you do the revocation of the assumed, presumed power of attorney, and you hand them out like Tic Tac, everybody, send them, publish them in the newspaper for four weeks, get them recorded, do whatever you got to do in the birth state, everything else. Now, what happens is after the after that they've been noticed, duly noticed, anybody who comes forward making a claim against the input the scenes of the state is in violation of corpus juris secundum, section 166, which is the book of infants, which is travel damages associated with the trespass. I want everybody to take that in and really think about that because this is the foundation of the base and principle of all of us applying for the privilege and the benefit to get a driver's license. And, oh, register the vehicle. All that stuff is based upon the simple presumption that we are incompetent as the principals and there's an existing power of attorney in place. And until we do the replication of that assumed, presumed power of attorney, they can run rickshaw over everybody. And I request yeah, that everybody to. look up everybody look up the definition of what a foundling is because when you a look what? at what the, a foundling under foundling a foundling f o u n d l i n g a foundling okay what they're doing is a salvage operation on that afterbirth at the hospital i've researched Connecticut. Oh, Kellenbach says that too okay i've researched new hampshire connecticut Maryland, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, South Carolina, Florida, Texas, Arizona, New Orleans, or, uh, Louisiana, uh, California, Oregon, Washington, Nevada, Wyoming, and Montana, and they're all the same. They have a specific classification for the term foundling. So if it doesn't exist, exist as a foundling, why are they making the foundling birth certificate? So... With that, I will bid thee farewell. Thank you so much, and I yield to the floor. Angela. Thomas. Yes. Angela. This is wait, Jeremy. Wait, wait. Yeah, wait a second, Jeremy. Uh, I unmuted uh, Set Me Free. There's people okay, with their ahead. hands up. So we... all right, all right. Go ahead, Set Me Free. Okay. You can put me back on silent. I'm with you. Okay. Angela, you can... I just muted you. I, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? <laughs> I muted you, but go ahead. What were you going to say? Set me free? No, no, no. I'm, I was asking what the CJS, which 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 number did he say on there? Did anybody catch that in the chat? Thomas, which corpus juris decundum are you referring to? Thomas, is he gone? He took off. He took off. Oh, did anybody catch it in the chat? 166. 166. Oh, Rocco got it. Okay, thank 166. you, Rocco. Yep. 166. 166. 
Yeah. Okay. Thank All you. Right. Okay. Well, while Renee's on the phone, yeah. uh, from she was listening uh, last time that I was on, and we went over the Texas Rule 12 thing, and and agency, and uh, and she discovered something very interesting, that there was a Texas law firm that was using Rule 12 to blow off other attorneys' cases. Yes. Yes, we, we've implemented the Rule 12. They're um, shaken in their boots and caught off guard because they usually come after the debtor uh, with Rule 12 that has no standing. But this is a good challenge, and uh, I'm waiting for them to default on that. And just as Robert has said, we, this, is, this is what we implement. Uh, Why don't you explain it a little bit? What's, what's Rule 12? Are you talking about Rule 6? In, in, Texas, in Texas, we have a uh, civil rules of procedure, Texas, and it, Rule 12 is uh, attorney to show authority, okay? And they come back with some lame this, that, and another, just as Robert said on the last call uh, a month ago, that we we get to challenge that whatever they say that a piece of paper can be created by anyone, an agency cannot be, uh, uh, um, Robert, help me out. Agency it's cannot be proven by the agent. It must be proven out of the mouth of the principal. Yes, and I need to memorize that so I can state, state so, that in the court. Well, they'll show up and they'll say, well, I represent Bank of America. And if you accept that, then you're in trouble. But if you say, hell no, I don't think so. I don't think Bank of America would be stupid enough to hire you <laughs> and prove it. You That's know, right. they have to have somebody from Bank of America there. I'm sorry, Angela. Is it Rule 12b6? No remedies no. there. No, that's a, that's a federal rule. But yeah. Rule 12 um, basically says where a party believes that a lawsuit is being prosecuted or defended without authority that party can challenge the authority of the of the other party and and uh, you know demand the proof and uh, uh, you do and the, and the only way that they can prove their authority is to actually have somebody high ranking from you know say Bank of America they'd have to get on a plane from New York and come to wherever the court is and and uh, be able to exactly. prove up who they are, et cetera. Exactly. Robert, like has, a, Robert has a story that uh, they show up, they have this big three-ring binder, or they're three little manufactured, fabricated pieces of paper, and present that, and your challenge is objection, of course, because you can't test, a, a piece of paper cannot testify, and then you're also asking for the authority by which they produce that. So who granted that person's authority? And, and you have every right to do that. It's just, you know, who who the hell are you? Sorry, Angela. And uh, uh, and 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 show me who who sent you. <laughs> and where's where's the proof that they allowed you or uh, they the charter? The charter had no CEO of their five little CEOs uh, have the authority. Not one of them individually, there we go, have the authority. They have to show this charter that shows that they were granted the authority 
to uh, hire the attorney to foreclose, or so, in this case, represent. So, so who's is there a plaintiff? Who's the plaintiff and who's the defendant? In this case, mine is I'm the plaintiff. You're the plaintiff. Yeah. You're you're the moving party. Okay. And so th- yeah. they're then. So they're shaking in their boots. This is a foreclosure mill. I've even found that they've uh, they've put together a little private group called the Fox Hunt. Sorry, Robert. And um, <laughs> Uh, they go after, they put together teams on their foreclosure mill, teams of five, and uh, they have a make a game of it. This quarter, this quarter alone, their goal is 20 mil. Wait, 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 okay. So you're the plaintiff, which is awesome. That's, that's great. That's good news. And there's, what questions are you asking them to prove? Or are you what accusing them of? Well, in in state of Texas, they've changed. Well, the name on the Rule 12 is called attorney to show authority. It might be different in other states, but don't get mixed up in the the beat. So, you're the plaintiff. Okay, you're in foreclosure. I I, I believe, right? Yes. Okay. So not in foreclosure. They foreclosed the day that I filed. Okay, but you're the plaintiff in the case, correct? That's correct. Okay, so you're the moving party in the case, meaning that you are telling the other person or the other people or organization, hey, uh, prove that I, you have the note to my, the, my house, that I actually have to not, send you a Not payment. the note. No, no, no. The authority. Who hired you? And then who gave the authority to hire you to that person? So they'll say, oh, it was the CEO of Deutsche Bank in this okay, case. Okay, okay. Well, well, and, all right. do you realize what, what, okay, when you first signed for the house, the mortgage, right, the, the note and the deed were together. But when you signed for it, they separated after you signed for it. And then they, they, they actually, what the bank does is we're they... We're not talking before, about the before, on the case. Before you even do any of that, you have to establish if those people that are foreclosing That's have right. the authority to do so before That's you do right. anything else. Right, right, right. Who who are you? How do you have authority to even, like, send me this bill? Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, you don't call the bill. You don't do anything. How do you have authority to be here and represent who you claim you're representing? And then who gave those people authority? You don't get into the merits. The judge will try to trick you. The the defendant will try to object. You don't get into the merits. You don't discuss the note. You don't discuss your case. You stand on that. Hey, you guys, hold on. Robert, are you there? Yeah. <laughs> what do you have well, to the, say? Well, the, the thing about agency is it shows up in, in uh, Amjur and Corpus Juris, and uh, those things being for the uh, uh, people who don't know, that's like Encyclopedia Britannica on law, and uh, they're around uh, around sixty volumes or so. Each volume is the size of a Black's Law dictionary, and because agency, the word is starts with an A, it's in volume one, 
And it's not a paragraph or a page or anything like that. It's about 400 pages. So distilling that down, it all comes down to this, that they can't prove their authority. And they will try and present something, but you can shoot down each thing that they try and present. Because ultimately, agency cannot be proven out of the mouth of the agent. It must be proven out of the mouth of the principal. That's right. And the example I use is like if I'm going on a honeymoon vacation and such in Europe and uh, and you're my friend and so I go to you because you've got a, a, a big garage with a four-car garage and one of the bays is empty and I say, can I park my Cadillac in, in your garage and, uh, you know, while I'm away for a few months in Europe? Uh, on my honeymoon well you say yeah no problem and then I say oh by the way in the trunk of the Cadillac is a, a chest and it's got gold coins in it and there were oh, several million dollars worth of gold okay but I trust you because you know we're good friends and everything so a week after I'm gone doorbell rings somebody shows up on your doorstep and says Robert wants some errands done, and he said I can borrow the Cadillac to do them. Now, are you going to let him have the Cadillac? Hell no. You don't know who that You'd person is. You'd have to is. check with me before you ever let that Cadillac out with several million dollars in gold in the trunk, right? Right. And that's the point. Well, you don't know who the person that showed up to borrow the car that claims they're such and such that, that claims that Robert gave him permission to borrow the car. It's a challenge. And every single one of these well, foreclosure mills and whoever comes into the court, they're representing. Well, you have every right to know who, who hired them and then who granted that authority. And it can't be done on a piece of paper. That's not the strictest uh, definition. And if a judge tries to throw it out, take it away, Robert. Yeah, well, the, the the judge was like in a state of shock. He said that he had to do some research on this. And I said, oh, research, I've got it all right here. And I passed it up to him in a three-ring binder. I said, all the appellate cases highlighted and everything. I said, I'll be expecting your ruling shortly. And 10 days later, I had a certified win in my hand. came in the mail. Oh, you jumped to the punchline. The judge says, well, what do you have to say, Mr. Fox? Oh, yeah, well, I said, well, I've already won. <laughs> and he, he was like, what do you mean you've already won? I said, well, agency cannot be proven out of the mouth of the agent. It must be proven out of the mouth of the principal. And with a sweeping wave designating the rest of the courtroom, I said, there's nobody here from Bankers Trust of California to verify what this guy is saying. Ta-da! <laughs> And they were stuck. Yeah. Well, then then he started talking about research, and I gave him the research, and ten days later, I had a certified win in my in my my hand. Wow. Rich says he has a a comment. Go ahead, Rich. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, this lady is right on. Um, I worked at a a collection agency for five years, and um, 
in order for the creditor to collect the debt, they better have the right paperwork. Now, the uh, I worked with a guy. He he was his own uh, owner operator, and I was his assistant uh, office manager. And um, people would uh, be successful. And what we did was we did we offered process serving service, uh, uh, preparing and filing small claims actions and judgment enforcement and collections. And uh, one of the service or one of the options we offered a um, uh, judgment creditor was the um, they, they could assign their their judgment to us. So that's what that's what's being referenced here, and it's really really smart to find out that paper trail. Find out who's signature. They've uh-huh. created all these little substitute transfer substitute trustees. Ma- ma'am, ma- ma'am, you, you are right on. Keep doing it. Yeah, I mean we got we got to you know dig. You know we got to dig like a badger. Because what these guys are doing, and um, uh, a couple of years ago. Hey, listen, Robert Fox taught me this in a matter of just a little bit of time, and he pounds it in. So (laughs) this this is, and, and yes, we do need to dig and challenge this. And so I looked into the very person, attorney firm, and their background. I found three of them were sanctioned in Houston not too long ago, so... I'm going to bring all this evidence forward um, if need be, and I may just still be filing criminal charges at this point. Well, you could, yeah. Yeah, 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 what's going on here is, is massive fraud. I, I was about mm-hmm. to say I was up, uh, I was working with this guy up in the Bay Area, and uh, unbeknownst to me, he was really proactive in, in the foreclosure uh, stuff. I didn't know that he had actually contacted me to help him with a traffic case. And um, uh, this one Friday night, uh, we were at his place, and um, I found myself sitting in the guy's living room with about eight people, eight other people, including him. And every single one of them was in a foreclosure action. Some people had already lost their houses, and they were figuring out, you know, how to do all this stuff. And I'm sitting. And I was sitting there going, uh, now I didn't know any of this. I don't, I don't deal with mortgage. You know, I haven't been on that side of campus. So this was my introduction into what was going on. And um, I found out that uh, the guy who I guess you could say was the, um, well, the guy who, who, who uh, uh, hired me to help him with this traffic case was, I guess, a Bill, Bill Thornton um, guy. And he was interacting with Bill Thornton. And um, now I had, I've, I've actually spoken with Bill Thornton, sent emails to him, but I never, I never got on that bandwagon. I, I was, uh, I've always hung out on the Richard McDonald side of campus, and you know that, that works for me. Now, interestingly enough, every one of these people sitting in that living room lost their house. Every single one of them. I don't know. Now, I, I don't know much about Bill Thornton. Uh, I have read some of his stuff, but I don't know of anyone who's been successful. Even this guy Kelby. Now, uh, okay, um, let me it, let me just let me just say what we're dealing with. 
Um, what I discovered with this attorney firm in particular, because I did do a, a deep search, and I this is my I suspected this, and I confirmed it. They don't even have reference or confirmation from the uh, mortgage people they claim they're representing. They get right. it later, or they do whatever, but they just jump in, steal the case, pick it up, and present it. And all over the documents I get pages or letters from them, it says we are a debt collector. They're not even – half their firm is uh, like recent postgraduate rookie attorneys, and they're just grooming them and training them on these cases and slam dunking. The, their goal, I found in this particular firm, who happens to be national, um, uh, I'll – you know what? I'll just say it. it it's uh, Mackie, Wolf, Zeitz, and and Man. So I, I look back to my paper. I'm like, Man, Man, M A N N. And sure as hell is my. Sorry, Angela. My um, hell's okay, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. Yes, it's <laughs> mine. It's fine. Okay. It, it, I just don't it, like. It, the, I don't. I don't like the F words. That's all. It's okay. aspirin. Hell is Bayer aspirin for children. Come on, get cranky. Okay, we're in hell. So, all right. Um, M A N N was the law firm that my document, my assignment was to be mailed to back in 2010. It's on my deed of trust. Mail this to a law firm in Houston. I don't have any connection with any Houston. I'm in Dallas. So, okay, here we go. Uh, but I so I look on the internet. I find this like 1995. Uh, just I was using the names of the people that are listed in this law firm, and I, I hunted it down. They have a secret little group. They used to they used to use the ham radio and listen to people in desperation on a different channel while they were gathering. Uh, uh, and using a coding, the binary code, O's and 1's, the HUD-1 is a binary code, okay? It is coded uh, for exact time by which they will um, foreclose from the HUD-1. I've had a, a coder do mine. So back uh, yeah, to... You yeah, you want to be, you want to you want to make sure there's an assignment, okay? Because if, if if somebody who's not affiliated or associated with your particular transaction winds up acting like a, a creditor, there better be yeah. uh, the the correct paperwork. You cannot right. enforce. So it's a standing issue. It's a pure jurisdictional issue, and mm -hmm. you are so so you are so on the right track. Where's the paper? Where's the paper? Let's see the paper with the signature. I want a wet ink signature. Let's see it. Okay. Yep. Keep doing what you're doing. It. Keep doing it. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. Because you you're the one. And you're going to keep okay. us up to date on how it goes for you, right? I will. I'm, I will. Okay. I I hear nothing but success in your voice. Confidence and success. Well, Renee's been well, doing a, a fantastic job. She just she just latched onto that Texas Rule 12 stuff and and nice. you know has been socking it to them. Good, I love it. Okay, okay we have more hands up. Uh, 
Akila, go, go ahead. You've been unmuted. Akila, are you muted out Hello. on your side? There you go. How Hi, are you? how are you? Good, I'm how good. are you? I'm good, thank you. And good evening to all here. Um, just want to go a bit over what you guys was talking about getting stopped by the police. I got stopped three times. I told you guys a bit about that. I'll just go over the last one that I got stopped. I was okay. actually going, the speed limit said 70, but I was actually going 80. Um, and by the time the cops stopped me, so I, I pulled over and I put the window down a bit. I put both hands on the steering wheel. And when he came to the window, he said, hi. Um, he was just saying, oh, I'm Officer Atkins. And I said, oh. And I just put the window completely down. And I said, hi, I'm Aquila. And I shook his head. How you doing? And he's like, oh. So he looked at me a little bit funny, but he said, um, I noticed you was going 78, but you started to slow down. And I said, well, I'm a woman, you're a man, and I noticed you had your lights on. I hope there's no emergency. Then he asked me, do you have a license? I said, it's in my other back. And he said, well, do you have a registration? I said, no, this is Clara Barra from a friend. And so I said, um, I have a name, you know, and social security number. And so I asked him for a pen, you know. And so he got, he went back to his car. He got a book, a pad, and a pen. And he was going to write my name down. And I said, well, most people spell it wrong, so I'll write it down. I said, by the way, my name is found X, I'm sorry, Romans 16 chapter, it's Aquila. And he said, oh, okay. And I said, so I wrote it down, and I wrote the Social Security number. He said, ma'am, I don't need your Social Security. So I put a line to it, cross it out. He asked for the date of birth. So I put that on a piece of paper as well. And he said, well, let me just check some things. And I said, okay. So after a while, he came back, and he said, well... I'm going to just give you a warning. He said, by the way, this is your license number. And I said, oh, it is? Like, I don't care, you know. And then he says, I said, well, what's your, I said, what's your name again? He said, Atkins. I said, who you work for again? He was like, I said, oh, you're a state police. I said, okay. Well, I said, well, have a nice day. And I shook his head, and then that was the end of it. And then I just drove off. That was it. And I, each time that I got stopped, I was asked for a license. And each time, I didn't give it. Yeah, but they got so, it from your name. You know, but, you know like, your name, they got, it, that's why he came back and said, this is your number. Yeah, but hold on. Okay, yeah. this is what I'm going to say. This is what I, because it's like the Fifth Amendment. Um, I'm not going to give him any evidence of to, um, to, you know, for him to find anything on me. It's like the Fifth Amendment. I don't care what he saw in the records. You know, a lot of things in the records could change. Like, it could be a suspended. Yeah, like but if you gave him your name and your date of birth, yeah, did you give him his date of records. birth? Yeah. But hold, but hold on. What if my license was actually suspended? But it didn't well, get Well, then he would have came back and he probably would have oh, uh, towed your car away and made you yeah, uh, walk What off? if he didn't have that on record yet? It didn't, paperwork didn't go through yet. That wouldn't have read a, a, that record that way. Because right. sometimes it takes time before all that paperwork gets through. 
I'm just using this as an example. Oh. And let's say it didn't get through, and my license actually was suspended. Oh. Okay, so then I'm, I'm no, they was not. I'm just giving this as an example. Oh. Okay, so okay. I'm saying if it did get to the record, so sometimes the record sometimes is not updated. That's what I'm driving at. So one thing he had checked the record. Okay, that read that. Then he's going to ask you for a license. Second, now he have the proof of both that I am acting as a driver at that particular time. So, and but I didn't give him anything to say that. Okay. Well, so, it was nice of him to let you go. I'm sorry? It was nice of him to let you go. I mean, well, he did, he's three up. times I got stopped, and each time they asked for a license, and I don't, I don't do that. I don't give it. And I actually but even I don't leave the license. So. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's more to the story. It's not, I know, I, but this is not my show. I don't want to take up a lot of time <laughs> to explain what is really going on. But, anyways, that's just the gist of it. You know, I'm never really hostile yeah. to the police officer. I used to be, but no, I, lo- I no longer do that because I know how to act. I know what he can do and he cannot do. And so that's what I'm doing. Well, anyway, you have learned well, my dear. That's my two cents. So, anyway. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Aquila. Yep. All righty. Let's see uh, who's next. Uh, well, let me ask Rich. Did you, I mean Robert? Did you want to say something? Well, I, I something has been, you know, stuck here in my throat. Here, yes, I want to say something. Oh. Rich Iverson uh, mentioned Richard McDonald, mm-hmm. and uh, I have fond memories of uh, times I'd come out to California, and uh, Richard McDonald is on what is. Uh, in that area popularly known as uh, Rebel Mountain. And uh, on on the one side, uh, my friends Dwayne and Roseanne, uh, their house overlooked Chatsworth, oh. and the road going over the top of the mountain and down the other side, that's where Richard McDonald's house was, and he was overlooking Simi Valley. Well, Richard McDonald would come uh, to... Uh, uh, Dwayne and Roseanne's place picked me up and we'd go out for breakfast and he had his Mercedes with uh, uh, diplomatic plates and uh, um, Rich mentioned Richard McDonald and uh, I just wanted to say I had fond memories of that and uh, uh, Rich Iverson and uh, Richard McDonald are really pillars in the uh, in the uh, uh, you know the Patriot Law community, if you will, sure. and uh, the truth well, they deserve, movement uh, they deserve, you know, uh, uh, three cheers and more. Yeah, we do. I know. I I I I spoke to uh, Richard McDonald on the phone one time on a three-way call. Somebody brought him into the call, and I can't remember who. And we talked for like hours. It was really a good call. I I probably have the recording somewhere. I should look for it. That was uh, years ago. Anyway, next up, well, Rich, go ahead. Hey, thanks again. Um, yeah, uh, actually, if, if I, I put like a little um, a page together 
uh, for Richard, uh, you know, shortly after he died, um, I'm not a big fan of, uh, you know, wakes and funerals and stuff like that, but I, I put a page up at my a website, thelawsalon.net, and it's forward slash rjm.html. So it's thelawsalon.net, lowercase, no spaces, thelawsalon.net, forward slash r j m richard james mcdonald lowercase dot html and there's a whole bunch of uh information there that um i found you know based on uh working with him and also his uh you know had an, i i've had two coaches now he was he was a mentor uh i had two uh richard mcdonald and uh steve jones and um, the fascinating thing about Richard is this guy forgot, you know, forgot more law than we'll ever know. I mean, this guy is, was just a, uh, uh, um, a magnet for this stuff. And uh, one of his, um, his, his, his specialty was crafting questions because that, that's really the key to doing this. Because, and um, uh, what, what I what I wanted to offer in, in regards to the stop to take some of the complexity and the murkiness out of it is uh, is to see I've spent 25 years breaking this down, and what I've gotten to is one thing, and the one thing is is it, it, it right now that one thing is occurring. Every single so-called traffic stop is a warrantless arrest for an alleged commercial crime, but infractions are not crimes. So the cops are ours. They don't know what they're doing. They're invoking commercial rules and applying it to non-commercial travel. And people are unaware of this, so when they go into a courtroom, they say the wrong things. That's right. and and what I'm hearing is a lot of very aware people who, whose dialogue is really screwed up. I've been in a courtroom over a hundred times in the last 25 years, and the stuff I've witnessed, the transcripts I have, this stuff sounds really good that I've heard tonight. Tonight, you know, there, there's a lot of people who've done their homework and they've found all this cool and groovy stuff, and it's really valuable and important. And then we run into this issue called selling it. The way I approach this is a sales pitch. They're attempting to persuade me, and I'm attempting to persuade them. I've got the best vacuum cleaner on the market. That's my position. And, and they want me to buy theirs. Okay, far out. Well, we're going to find out which one of our vacuums sucks up the most crap. And I know, I know who's is going to do that. And, and it can be done with the least, with a, a least amount of effort. But I, I just wanted to uh, uh, throw out for people's consideration, like, like the lady who, who uh, um, uh, characterized a, a stop. The officer asked her a question, and that, that, that actually is an invitation to waive rights. Now, at the moment that officer approaches the, the, the car door, and even and even before he opens his mouth, he's already committed a crime, and the crime is false imprisonment. 
How do we know that? Because you're not free to leave. So if, threat, if you arrest, were, and coercion too. Threat, arrest. He's armed. Uh, well, Robert, well, you've I, got a good one for this one. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't want to get again. I didn't want to overly complicate this because you can put a whole lot of icing on this particular cake. But if we start with something very basic and, and, and fundamental, uh, again, we're going to have to develop a sales pitch for this stuff. Now, now Jeremy knows a lot of stuff. But it's very difficult for me to listen to what he's saying because it's it's uh it's not very fluid. It needs to come out more um I guess condensed, compact, bang. And uh you know, same thing you know with the other guy who was um offering the stuff about uh, corpus juris secundum. By the way, that's a legal encyclopedia. Yeah, you can use it for reference purposes, but um I would suggest deferring to court cases either supreme or appellate level, from the state because we're going to go into a state court. So what we want to do is we want to bind the state actor using state law. They, 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 they have an oath and an employment contract, so we got them by the short hairs uh, on both sides. They have to comply with both of those as well as all the other rules that apply to everybody else. They're going to screw up. It's a foregone conclusion. But the, fact right. rem- but the fact remains, they have to do certain things, and they have to do way more certain things than we do. And they also have discretion to do things way, you know, that, that other people don't have to do, as long as it's within the context of their duty. Every single cop pulling someone over right now at this moment for a fine-only offense in this country is violating the section in their penal code entitled false imprisonment. That cop gets out of a car, ma'am, you're exactly correct, he's got a loaded gun on his hip. That's assault. Now, um, I would encourage everybody uh, to uh, check out a video uh, that that, uh, was shot uh, by a police cam uh, dash cam uh, about two, two years ago now. And it took place in Texas. Sandra Bland, ma'am, you may be familiar with this case. Sandra Bland, uh, she was pulled over by a cop, taken to jail. Three days later, she's found hanging in her cell. Why? She didn't use her turn indicator. And, the, and, and, what, she, and what she was doing was pulling over because she thought the cop was wanting to go by. So she just, she just pulled over, but she didn't use her turn indicator. And the cop pulled her over, and when you see the officer come into the screen once he exits the vehicle, that's the assault. So he's already committed a crime. Number one, he did not correctly identify the conduct he pulled her over for. So he lit her up to stop her, uh, and he's only got the authority to do that as long as that conduct rises to the level of crime. Not using your turn indicator is not a crime in Texas or Florida or California or Minnesota or anywhere else. I don't care if they call it a misdemeanor, petty misdemeanor, whatever. It's a fine-only offense. You don't get a jury trial. You're not going to get an attorney paid for a public expense. And that's why they don't Mirandize you when you're pulled over for one of those things, but it's still an arrest. Actually, it's an administrative proceeding, but they don't want you to know that. So uh, the objective is really to keep your mouth shut out there curbside so you can set them up for a fat paycheck at the end of the process you're, you're going to create. 
because these guys cannot produce the authority. And it goes right back to uh, your work, ma'am, where you're attempting to get the paperwork with the, with the signatures, and hopefully they're all correct if these guys uh, are, in fact, the creditor. But there has to be the correct paper. It's got to be um, the right stuff has to be on it. So if a cop puts a fine-only offense on your paper, um, you got him. Go into the courtroom if you want. If you want to do this, go into a courtroom. This is a great place to practice and ask questions. Officer, uh, uh, did, did you cite uh, Vehicle Code Section 5200 and 4000A on the uh, notice to appear that you issued? Yes, I did. And is it a fact that both of those sections are infractions? Uh, yes, they are. Now, Officer, what was your probable cause for the stop? Oh, well, you didn't have a plate. Thank you, Officer. Great. And, and that's uh, referenced by 5200 of the Vehicle Code. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Great. Now, do you have personal knowledge of 5200? What's that? Do you have personal knowledge of Vehicle Code Section 5200, the section you cited on the notice to appear? Uh, yeah, great. So you're aware that um, – uh, uh, so let me ask you this, Officer. On what date did the DMV issue the plates? What? On what date did the DMV issue the plates? You just said you had personal knowledge of 5200. So on what date did the DMV issue the plates that you uh, testified were not on my car? I don't know. Well, officer, um, you must be aware, uh, given you just testified you have 50, uh, knowledge of, uh, personal knowledge of 5200, that uh, prior to someone complying with that section, the DMV has to act first. Sir, how can you securely attach within the area specified by that section what you haven't yet received? Folks, this is pretty simple. Ma'am, what you're doing is brilliant because you're doing this. You're, you're, you're focusing on legal principles. That's what's going on here. This is what I'm hearing. It's, it's the, the cardinal legal principles we need to focus on. Because this, this is what I got from Richard, and he's, he's right, because I've used legal principles um, not paying sales tax or the CRV, uh, you know, uh, the bottle tax, the beverage tax here in California. So what I, you know, what I learned, I apply everywhere. Uh, okay. it's, how I get, it's how I get things done. So there's cardinal legal principles, and, and they don't change. And it doesn't matter if you're dealing with bankruptcy, foreclosure, a so-called traffic stop, or uh, um, family law is kind of wacky, but <laughs> I still have the same rules. Um, so what we're doing is we're, we're, we're finding, or this is what I think the objective is, is the, the, the same legal principles in our various state codes. And what, what we're going to see is we got them by the short hairs. They are so screwed, they have no idea. They are going to hand us a silver platter with a paycheck on it. If we do things properly, that, this, this is what this stuff can convert into. Now, 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 Jeremy, he was subjected to assault and battery. Question, did he file a claim for damages and get paid for it? Because that's what I consider winning. So you do good in court, you vindicate your rights, and then you get paid for your troubles because your employees screwed you over. They damaged you. They denied the very rights. They swore an oath and have an employment contract that enjoins them from denying 
or prejudicing, and that's exactly what they did because by the time that guy got up to Sandra Bland's car, he had already committed two crimes. Then when he asked her to extinguish her cigarette and she refused, which she had the right to do because it was a request and she had first right of refusal, also, she's innocent, uh, and she refused. That cop snapped. And what you're going to see is that cop touch her car. Once he does that, now you have battery. So you're going to see three crimes. The cop walks into the scene. That's an unauthorized warrantless arrest. You got assault. When he touches a car, you got assault and battery. That cop is going down. Unfortunately, <laughs> that didn't happen. And unfortunately, Sandra Bland did. So that kind of stuff really annoys me. And I want you why folks. Why did she? To, go ahead. Why did she be found? Why, how? What happened in the jail being found dead? Uh, well, she was in jail, and three days after she was there, uh, they found her hanging in her cell from a plastic bag. Go figure. I, I mean, you that know, that sounds like it, murder but, to me. Uh, well, you know, I didn't. I don't. I don't have enough evidence, but the circumstantial evidence leads me to that presumption. Sure, and and uh, yeah, but I don't. So, you know, and shortly after that, there was a kid here in California, uh, probably about four or five months later, a teenager guy, uh, riding his bicycle down the street with no hands, like I guess guys typically do, or at least guys like me, and uh, a cop followed him home, and. Uh, he, the kid went in the house, and the cop pulled up to the house, went up to the front door, and his parents uh, and the cop said, hey, uh, you know, your son was riding his bicycle without a helmet, and uh, so we just wanted to give him a ticket. Well, his parents initially objected and, and uh, you know, refused to cooperate, but the officer persuaded them, and, and the kid went out. So, again, he's a teenager. I don't know exactly how old. I forget. It's, you know, about a year or two ago. And... Um, by this time, there were six cops on scene. So six cops had arrived at this, this kid's house for, uh, based on him not wearing a bicycle helmet and riding his bicycle apparently with no hands. Neither, none of it is a crime. Okay, terrific. So the parents capitulate. The kid goes outside. What does the cop do? Hooks the kid up. He hooked the kid up. He put him in cuffs and put him in the car and took him downtown. I got on the telephone that when, uh, the next day after I read that, and I called every city council member and supervisor in L.A. And I told them, hey, I hope this, this kid's family lawyers up. I'm calling to let you people know that the cops are making warrantless arrests for non-criminal behavior. And if they don't know this, then that's not good. But I'm telling you about it, and I hope this kid locks and loads a lawsuit and slams L.A. for all they can get out of you people. <laughs> this has got to stop. What, this, is in, this is in fact – oh, and by the way, um, what I do is I lobby across state lines. So after I got done so, – so after I got done – um, with the Sandra Bland phone calls, because, yeah, I called Texas legislators' offices, and I told them what I'm aware of. Hey, um, why should I want to come to Houston? Why should I want to come to Dallas or Austin? 
you know, why don't we want to go to Austin and risk getting thrown up against a wall and on the ground for jaywalking? Are you kidding me? I'm a grown man. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to encourage my friends and family not to come to Austin and help your merchants stay in business, okay? Because I don't want to come there and get thrown against the wall because I, I exercise my judgment. Hey, these people don't know what to do with this stuff. Oh, and I get to ventilate a little bit. So I get to blow some <laughs> gas into a, in a, in, into a government employee's head, right? And hopefully they'll take it home to family and go, hey, mom, were you aware that when an officer makes a traffic stop, it's, it's really an arrest? That's my objective. Because we're, we're never going to get to talk to the people who make the law, but we can talk to our other employees and let them know what's going on. So I do a lot. I do a lot. As a matter of fact, um, today, um, actually yesterday, uh, I, I called Trey Gowdy's two offices in South Carolina, you know, to compliment him on what he's doing. And um, I called. Uh, and anyway, I do this all the time. But it's important for us to be aware that our employees have to follow rules. And when we get pulled over, we're being accused of not following a rule or failure to comply. That blade cuts on both sides. So if we know the right questions to ask, they're going to go down. Hey, officer, um, and Angela, I, I, on your show, what was it, your, your anniversary? I told everybody how to be a ticket. Yeah. Just ask the cop. Hey, officer, uh, were you required to stop me? Pretty straightforward, right? He's going to commit. Yes or no? Were you required to stop me? Now, if he's in a courtroom and he's asked that question, you know what his ego is going to say. Yes. All right. Now, what's the kill shot? Oh, officer, for the record, please specify where the legislature authorized you to make a warrantless arrest for alleged violation of Vehicle Code Section 5200, a non-criminal infraction. Girl 12. <laughs> it's real confused time. <laughs> yeah. Two two questions, two questions, two two question kill shot. Give me a break. I spent seven years working on Richard McDonald questions. I came up with a series of questions. You know, you can start at the beginning, you can start at the end. There's no out for the cop. They can't get out of it. The cop will admit he followed a rule that doesn't exist. Tell me that's not how you beat a ticket. Oh, okay. and, when he, and when they admit they're incompetent, you get it on the record. You think when you file the claim for damages downtown for, like, say, 10, 15, 25 grand, uh, they're going to think twice about cutting you a nuisance fee check or firing up a courtroom. That's why we want to learn how to write pretty well, because we want to uh, um, – we want them to consider cost-benefit options. Let's see. Do we cut this guy a nuisance feet check, or do we fire up a courtroom and risk him being successful? Then we're going to get soaked for even more. <laughs> yeah. Right? Come on. We got, we, got to be, we got to be practical about this stuff. They work for us. They wanted to work for us. No one held a gun to their head and said, get over to the police department and sign up. No, they wanted to do it. Oh, and Angela, during your, your, your anniversary show, I also read a, a sentence from a court case you can't cite, and it's not for publication. But I got it, <laughs> and there it is, and I know how to use it. But, and, and there's one little sentence that says, uh, police have no affor affirmative statutory duty to do anything. That's What's a direct quote. 
Well, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'd be, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, contact me at proper at thelawsalon.net, proper, all one word, lowercase, proper, proper, at thelawsalon.net, uh, and I'll speak with you. Um, I'm hesitant, reluctant to provide too much because people may not have to use it, and I've worked with people for 25 years, and regardless of how well they're prepared, I'm the one who winds up getting blamed. No, thank you. But what I'm willing to do is speak with you and, um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, we, we can take this a step further. I just don't, I'm really concerned about, uh, just because I know how to do it doesn't mean everybody does. And my concern is that, 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 that a lot of folks that I hear talk about all this great stuff, I know they put in the, the hours, you know, they, they've considered, they've typed, they've spoken, they've been in court, they filed tons of paper, and it's demoralizing when things don't work out. You've read every single rule, you've looked at every single word the way it was written in the court case, and that lunatic wearing the black dress said that retarded stuff and ruled that way, and now you've got to do more paperwork and think about it more, and your wife or husband doesn't like you because you're never around, and this, I, this is not good. So what I want to, my hope is by offering some of this stuff in a more um, Joe Sixpack, Jane Sixpack sort of way, while incorporating legal terms that you'll readily find in court cases, that these folks are going to have a harder time with us. They're never going to expect to hear uh, what comes flying out of my mouth because of the way I look. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a long-haired rock and roll dude. You know, I'm a T-shirt and jeans kind of guy, and that's the way I am. But uh, so they're going to expect to see and hear a different – they're going to see – they think they're going to see that, that movie, but the soundtrack is going to be very, very different. And that's, a, that, that's something I get to take advantage of because I know that they're going to be suckered by, by my appearance. But, and they're even going to be even more suckered once I start gabbing away. Because everybody on this call knows that I can talk. <laughs> anyway, oh, thank you. And ever. There you go. Okay. Thank you. I had to give you that, Angela. All right. So thanks so much for letting me say all that stuff. But, um, oh, you're welcome. I, I, it's all good information. It's. I'm not going to stop you if it's good information. No, no, no. no. I want to be. I want to be uh, conscientious of the other the other folks because, um, you know, this lady doing doing the uh, mortgage foreclosure stuff. That's really important. Even the stuff that Jeremy's doing. It's just in my not so humble opinion it's just way more complex than it needs to be it's a jurisdictional issue and there's no reason for us to get dragged out of our car and get beaten and have our car taken and we have to walk home that's that's retarded just shut up hand them the paper or her the paper let them keep your mouth shut oh where are you going officer i'm scared please fill out the paperwork i'll cooperate i won't go anywhere Okay, well, sir, I need you to, uh, sir, I'm scared. Please have your supervisor come out. Make sure he's got a recording device, okay? Just be smart. Just just, just be smart, you know? It's like, send me that scared. paper. What's that? Send, send me a copy of that paper that you are referring to. Oh, well, you're special, okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, it's, it's, not, it's not a paper, it's an actual court case. 
and it's oh. not for public. So this is what's interesting. People, you can find not for publication court cases. They're published, but they just don't want you to use them in the courtroom. But if you know well, what I thought the rules you said are, you wanted him to fill something out. Hand him the paper and have him fill it out. You see? Oh, oh, the oh, the paper being the notice to appear. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah, you just want to get it get it done, right? It's just business, okay? Oh, you that's don't want that ticket. Yeah, just look at the look at officer. If you're going to issue a notice to appear, please do so, so I can resume my travels. You know, if not, uh, you know, no harm, no foul. Okay, I'll, I'll see it. You know, just just you just. Be smart about it. We don't have to litigate at curbside. It's not a good idea because these guys are control freaks. They have guns. They have cattle products. Well, they're killers. They, they, well, okay, I don't want to. think they I, have I a license to kill, so they're killers. Well, well as a matter they of fact. They kill people every day. As a matter of fact, I used, I used that line in a court case once. I go, Your Honor, the officer has a license to kill. You should have seen that cop's face when I said That's that. True. And then the, the commissioner, he, he kind of, um, well, sir, it's not very, you know, that kind of a routine. But, hey, I, I said it. But, but, it but, but this is really, we don't have to get beaten. We don't have to have our car taken. Um, there, we have so many options. Uh, um, uh, we, we can begin, we, we have a, a palette filled with wonderful colors. Uh, you know, if you like, a, if you like a, a bow and arrow analogy, we got a quiver full of arrows. This stuff yeah. is great, but it's a matter of, of, of uh, being practical. What's the practical application stuff? I mean, yeah, I could go buy a, uh, a $5,000 um, mill you know, to grind metal and stuff like that, a CNC machine, or, you know, I could get, you know, a couple of hundred dollars worth of tools and do it that way. You know, maybe I can't afford the expensive thing. I don't have the skills, but, you know, I can knock out the same product using this stuff. You know, it might not look like, you know, what uh, Norman Rockwell can do or, you know, someone else, but, hey, I, I can get the job done. And that was the value that I got from uh, what Richard did. When Richard was doing his um, uh, evening uh, calls like this, he would read court cases, and you could the stuff he focused on you could take into court the next day. That's what I that's what I dug about what he did, and it was just like going going to the store, grab a tool, go home, fix a leak, you know. And and then and then he would and then he would offer. you know, questions, or you could ask this, or you could say it this way, or no. Well, actually, um, officer, what, what was, what's your probable cause for the stop? That's a Richard McDonald question. Mm-hmm. And what, and, and now keep in mind, Richard was a stone constitutionalist. So, so you know, those of us who studied with him, everything behind what we do, it's going to run into Big Daddy paper because they cannot get through that. So, um, hopefully you'll never have to invoke it. You do things properly, you won't. But the probable cause question comes directly from the section in the, in the, in the California Constitution uh, requiring probable cause for the issuance of a warrant. Well, a cop never has a warrant when they uh, make the arrest at a curbside. Now, folks, if you want to see um, a glaring gold nugget Take a look at California Penal Code Section 836A um, and then uh, 1, A1. 
what you're going to see is a cop may make an arrest with a warrant or without a warrant as long as a public offense is committed in his presence. Now, I don't know how that struck you folks, but a peace officer may, may make an arrest with a warrant uh, translates to, in my world to a cop doesn't have to serve a warrant. How many people would, would bet that a cop has to serve a warrant? Yeah, that's a bar bet. So all you alcoholics on the call, <laughs> if you need a beer, you know. And anyway, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, uh, inc- I don't want to incur, I don't want to encourage deviant behavior. But you know, beer's okay. Just uh, everything in moderation. Yes, right. Robert, are you still with me? No, I went away. <laughs> no, actually, uh, I would say that uh, I second all of it. Uh, uh, Rich is sharing with with the folks. And the thing is that Kelton has got a whole bunch of this stuff distilled down to a computer program so that folks all have to provide is, you know, their name, the date of the event, their ticket number, et cetera. And then the computer, the computer utterly demolishes the systemites. Wow, I want a copy of that. How much well, does he sell so it where, where is he on the phone? I, I don't know. He's not is here he on? Yet. Yeah. No. Oh. So when's well, he going to show up? Tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, go ahead. No, I was just, I was just going to say that you know, um, this this program that he's working on, Kelton is is in the works. He's still got to work it out, but it's going to be oh. broad to include also foreclosure. So Bing, spit it out, and there's all your filings, there's all your motions, whatever, and oh, your wow. case. Very cool. Yeah, and so it's uh, right now it's designed for the tickets and the foreclosure aspect will be part two. We're we're trying to get some you know some people in. But it's like so. Rich says, this stuff is it comes down to really simple stuff. In in the final analysis, it's really simple, and the mm-hmm. cops are doing stuff they have no authority to do. So you just nail it down, and of course, the way Kelton's going to have the program done up, he'll nail it down right there, kaboom, and the, and it's like it's like done, you know. So um, that's going to cool. be uh, a, a whole different program, and uh, um, you know, people that are nervous about court will not have a need to be nervous about court because they'll be armed with the thermonuclear stuff. Something that's uh, very helpful, and I've got to still implement it, but is, and Robert, you mentioned this the other day, and that is to go to these court hearings and sit in the back and get a feel for it before you go to court. Yay, 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 bravo, bravo. Keep encouraging that. It's free law lessons. Go to court and watch what's going on. Yay. Exactly. Hey, Angela, hire this lady. Yeah, hire her. <laughs> hire her. Uh, come she, on the call every Thursday. Let us know what's going on. <laughs> she just acknowledged that this is what I try and tell people all the time. You cannot go into that environment unless, and, and you can't go in there and, and expect to be successful unless you've gone in there 
and watched how this stuff goes down. Because the first hit, you're going to be so uncomfortable in that environment that you're going to get tongue-tied and all of your planning and everything else is flushed right there. I've seen people freeze. Freeze up. If you can go into court literally looking forward to slicing and dicing the jerks, well, that's a different matter. That's better. You know what I mean? But it, yeah. it comes from it comes from being there and doing it. Exactly. It, practice makes perfect, folks. Re, yeah. You know, repeat stuff. You know, everybody, every every musician on this phone call, every musician practices scales. I'm sitting here doing scales, listening to this, and that's and you have to say things clearly established mm-hmm. constitutionally secured rights. If that doesn't roll off your tongue, say it until it does. Your Honor, my clearly established constitutionally secured rights were denied and prejudiced by Officer so-and-so when he made an arrest without a warrant for non-criminal conduct. Commercial conduct, by the way, Your Honor. Oh, and furthermore, Your Honor, you know, the only reason That's I'm right. able to do this, folks, is because I don't do anything else. I got no money, so what do I do? I stand around talking to myself. <laughs> Not really, but anyway. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> All anyway, right. So, Robert, do you have anything else to 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 add to the call? We're well, like, up to you three know, hours. we could talk. We could talk all night, but they, you know, uh, I don't know. Is anybody listening? <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, there's a hundred people out there. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Whole lot of callers. I mean, there's a, a pe- people on the computer and then the phone. A lot of people on the phone. Well, maybe I'll just give you a couple of funnies before we, we go. Um, so a, a time came when uh, I didn't have wheels, but uh, my friend Norm had wheels, and it was time to go, and uh, I wanted to record uh, uh, Carl Miller, the Constitution Man, yeah. in Atlanta, Georgia. So we go out there, and Norm's pickup truck, and we do that, and we're coming back to Texas, and uh, we get close to Dallas, and in a small town outside of Dallas, not not in the town, but we're on the freeway. And Norm, you know, has got a bit of a lead foot, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, we get uh, uh, a radar ticket at 93 miles an hour. Okay? So it's an uncomfortable kind of situation because... Uh, Norm was doing this to help me out, and uh, you know, but this is an expensive ticket, and that's uh, uh, you know, he's doing it to help me out, so I feel kind of obligated to to pay it. But you know, at the same time, I didn't ask him to speed. You know what I mean? And so it's just kind of an uncomfortable thing. But I, I said, well, Norm, what I'm going to do is I, I'm going to send him this thing in the mail. So I sent him, uh, uh, I sent to the court a thing stating that I was in the pickup truck and I need discovery for my lawsuit and uh, that uh, I need to know the um, uh, officer's uh, FCC license for using a known cancer-causing radiation and aiming it at me. (laughs) (laughs) And Norm went to talk to him about the ticket. And it was like, what ticket? It disappeared from the oh. planet. <laughs> wow. 
That's Which what was the SEC? What was the SEC unit you're referring to, Robert? They have to have an FCC license for the, that radar unit blasts out a a radiation that's serious. Yeah. And, hey, and that... the officers that the officers that do that on a motorcycle with a handheld unit, they tuck that handheld unit between their legs when when they're not when they're writing up the ticket. And what ends up happening is they get testicular cancer. Oh my god. And then you have this the tr- state trooper in the cruiser car and he's got one of those radar units that flips out it's a uh, up there on the on the you know the the back window like right behind his head. Right? And they put it to the outside and so it's 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 hanging off the the uh uh you know the back the back seat window on the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's right behind the officer's head. Well, what do you think they get? Brain cancer. Brain cancer. It's okay and with so me. So these guys have started to figure this stuff out, but I think that anybody who's so stupid as to work for the uh, for a department where where you're liable to get killed is like uh, you know just plain silly. Yeah. I agree. So anyway, uh, but handling that stuff, that's a known cancer-causing radiation, and and. Uh, if you're going to be broadcasting any kind of a, a frequency, you know, you have to have a license for it. Yeah, from the Federal Communications Commission. Right. Hey, hey, so, hey, hey, so, I, so, so, so Robert, uh, is, that, is, that a, is that a crime? Does that reach the crime threshold? Or, or, you well, know, I they're, would they're, say it does. I would say it does. Uh, and, uh, you know, but as it was, it just... They just uh, wrote that ticket off, and it just flat disappeared. Well, it, you know, it would, it would, it would, yeah, but it would be great to find out what what the uh, particular section, you know, the federal, you know, code section uh, would be, uh, be, because these guys are, are technically, um, aren't they? Um, I don't want to open up this can of worms, but the bottom line is, uh, they do get federal money, right? Uh, the state gets federal money. Yeah, so they, right. there, there's a contract uh, hooking them up to term, federal terms and conditions, and that's why we can defer to uh, the CFR uh, in in relation to the the definition of motor vehicle operator, driver, and stuff like that, because California is doing business with US Inc. And so, in, in order for them to get the dough, they have to uh, agree to the, the terms. So, so, what are the terms? What are the definitions? Well, you'll see. CFR. Yeah, yeah, and, and and so we're in commerce. It's interstate commerce, and that's that's another thing they never prove. But I think it would be be outstanding to find out what the uh, what the regulation is in regards to um, uh, the utilization of of a, a radar device. <laughs> of a certain uh, a certain power uh, uh, thing yeah. without, uh, without f- federal authorization. Let me research Mendoza. There's some uh, Mendoza is claiming. Um, it, let me look at it. It's a Google. Um, he's he's uh, his whole family is being radared right now, and so he's he filed a case that they're electrifying the family wherever they go. They feel it. God. 
Can you guys continue to talk? I have to go check on my kid real quick, okay? Yeah. I'll be right yeah. back. Okay, well, um, the uh, other one, I, I, I might have mentioned this uh, before, I think I did, about code enforcement and, okay. um, uh, like, uh, did, Renee, do you, do you recall, did I, did I mention about the black fan? No. Okay. So... I was at a time when I had a broken leg and four broken toes, and my friend Ralph made available to me a bedroom on the second floor of his house. And um, uh, I had the head of the bed at the window, and he had on outside the window was one of these uh, planters where, you know, it was a board with holes cut in it so that you could put a potted plant there, actually a row of potted plants and have flowers by your window. Well, there weren't any flowers. There weren't any potted plants or anything. Um, but there was that ledge there. And so I put this fan out there to, um, you know, blow fresh air into the bedroom. And uh, <clears throat> Ralph objected to it, but, uh, you know, I said, it's not hurting anybody. And uh, he said, oh, they might say something, you know, or whatever. Okay, well. We'll see that if that anything happens. Anyway, he doesn't open his mail but once a month or so. So he sits down, opens his mail. He comes running up to the bedroom door, and, and he's got a letter from code enforcement and and uh, citing him for the fan and giving him a fine and and uh, and that uh, oh, yeah. doesn't pay the fine. They're going to take the house, you know, and, and so I said, let me see that. And so he hands me the letter. And so I pick up the phone. I, You know, keep in mind, I'm just laying in the bed there with this broken leg and four broken toes. So I call up and I, and I, I, I surprise, surprise, I got the code enforcement officer that made the, the ticket on the phone. And I said, uh, I, I need your, uh, I need your, uh, uh, bonding information. I need your your license. I need your foreign agents registration, and uh, so on and so forth. I listed all this stuff, and there was like, uh, 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 uh what, what do you need that for? I said the lawsuit. <laughs> and, and it was like, uh, 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 well, well, what do you need that fan for? I said. I I got four broken toes and and uh, and a, uh, you know uh, and that and uh, and my my leg is wrecked and and so oh oh medical that 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 citation's canceled. <laughs> so I hand the paper back to Ralph. I said that's it. It's canceled. I'm back. Um, we have someone with their hand up. Uh, a Ali Muhammad. Go ahead, you've been unmuted. Oh, we got a terrible whistling sound in the background. How about now? Okay, it's good. Oh, hi. Wonderful. How's everything? Oh, hi. Hi, Angela. Good. Hi. 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 This is a nice call. I just wanted to say hello to the gentlemen, uh, the ladies and gentlemen on the call. And I wanted to, uh, to add a question 
uh, actually giving input as to uh, federal rules, federal rules of civil procedure 11B. But then there's other rules in the civil court and in the state court. But I was, I'm saying it's on the federal level. It seems to me what they're talking about tonight rises to uh, false claim is what these uh, traffic officers are doing. Uh, but I don't know if they ever challenged them like that, but it seems to me that each and every one of them, each time that they stopped us on these uh, alleged violations, whether they're local or commercial or state or whatever, it seems to me that each can rise to a false, a false claim. And have they ever added or tried to sanction these officers or ask for sanctions in the court after these, after these violations have happened. I'd like to know that from Mr. Fox and the other gentlemen. Have they ever tried, specifically the gentleman who, 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 who was mainly speaking, I forget his name, but I'd like to know if whether or not he uh, has tried to uh, to uh, sanction these officers for what they're doing. And do, how, how do you think it would work? Richard, uh, do you know? Rich or Robert? Well, Rich has, has, uh, he's plowed more ground in that area than I have. Well, hey, my my experience is um, no. I, 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 as far as I know, I'm the only one who does does this the way that I do it. Uh, I, I, uh, I I think this is an absolutely incredible question because it, it goes to um, what I think is a is a solid business approach or business model because this is business. And and I hadn't considered it from the standpoint of a false claim, but it makes perfect sense because the cop is making a false claim. The, the, the idiot misinterpreted the verb. He misinterpreted the conduct. He presumed the conduct was commercial and not in compliance with commercial regulations. So, in fact, it is a false claim. However, I've never asserted it like that before, yet... That's what I'm setting up for myself on the back end because I managed to get $10,000 from uh, the town of Los Gatos for false imprisonment. And the way that I got it uh, led me to believe that I could template this out. And that's what, and, and after I got the bread, I, that's what I began doing. Now, ri- this was nothing encouraged by Richard McDonald or my other law coach. As a matter of fact, my, my other law coach and I, uh, you know, we, 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 we see things very differently as far as methodology. But, uh, I mean, the guy's an absolute stud, and if you need someone to, you know, help you with your case, uh, in a, you know, what he does is like top drawer pro, and I just happen to do things differently. So what I'm doing is I'm using the court to get to get a, a a record from that cop because I can't depose the cop in a criminal action because if I could depose the cop before trial then we would never get to trial. So my, right, right. So, but, but, pardon me for cutting you off, but it's it's, it's a matter of them violating their oath. You, you know, in the in the door and they were ab initio at the beginning before yes, he started anything, he violated his oath or she. Yes, they violated yes. their oath right there. Yeah, and and so let's reduce this to one word: trespass. Okay. Now, uh, I I, I, uh, I uh, check out a page at my at my site. It's thelawsalon.net forward slash tort dot html. Uh, thelawsalon.net. It's all lowercase, no spaces. 
thelawsalon.net forward slash tort, T-O-R-T dot H-T-M-L. All the stuff on that page is taken from Prosser on Torts, uh, fourth edition. It's a hornbook series. Uh, and um, it, this is just Trespass. Trespass was the first, um, I guess, globally or rec- societally recognized thing was Trespass, you know, uninvited something or other. Okay, non-consensual, okay, invasion. So it's trespass. And what we're dealing with is a a trespass issue. Our employees are trespassing. Now, all you guys and women who are are still, you know, doing sports and watch sports, and if you watch football, remember the old days when it used to be offsides? And then it got sophisticated, and Al and Frank were uh, using the word encroachment. Yeah, well, encroachment is just another word for trespass. You know, and that's what we're dealing with here. Either the people who are um, messing up our lives uh, are authorized to do what they're doing or they're not. It's just that simple. So the only thing I care about is, hey, cop, did you follow the rules? If they did, I'll man up. If they didn't, I'm going after their wallet. So what I'm doing is, even though I don't have to go to court, um, and people have recommended that, no, you want to stay out of there. No, the hell with it. I spent the first five years of my law career uh, wanting to stay out of court. I did, I did motions to quash. Richard McDonald always, Robert, you're probably acutely aware of this, his MO was demur and motion to suppress. Okay? That was Richard's uh, go-to uh, uh, attack strategy. Well, when I got started with Richard and, and uh, my other coach, Steve, we, we knew at that time that infractions weren't crimes. And interestingly enough, Steve had a case going on over in the, in the San Fernando Valley, and, and I had a case going on on the coast side. And, and our cases were like a month or a month and a half apart. And so he lost his case and I lost mine. And what happened was the appellate department of the Superior Court in L.A. wound up seeing the same <laughs> legal principles that they've never seen before because we didn't know anybody who's doing this. But, but, but the courts in L.A. And, and so um, what, what occurred, you know, subsequent to this, uh, his, uh, I forget how his case resolved, but, but I actually went up on appeal. And, and in point of fact, I appealed that case to the California Supreme Court. They chose not to hear it, but I, I filed all the paperwork, and, and, and none of it was ever kicked on a technicality or um, uh, because I, I blew a deadline. But they simply chose not to hear it. Um, but, but, but the point is, the courts are acutely aware of, the, of what we're doing. And so all you folks who are learning that, that infractions are not crime, you're going to have to up your game because they're ready for you because of what we've been doing since 1998. They know about all this stuff. And if you don't know their job better than, 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 than them, they're going to get away with it. And so that's, that's right. why, and, and so that's why, you know, the, 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 this, the issue is failure to comply. That cuts both ways. We're being accused of failure to comply. Okay, if I did, no problem, I'll man up. I'm a responsible guy, uh, pay my debts. All right, I think that's appropriate. Uh, however, 
What's good for the goose is good for the gander. So, hey, cop, did you fall? Uh, uh, you, you made contact with me on this date. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, and the purpose was to enforce the vehicle code, correct? Yeah. And uh, at the time of your contact, you were, uh, well, let me ask you, are there rules that you have to follow when you enforce the vehicle code? Yeah. You know what they are? Yeah. Um, did you follow them? Yeah. Which one? <laughs> I just want to know where the authority is for the officer to make a warrantless arrest for 5200 or 4000A of the vehicle code. Folks, I know where the cop is going to go if I take the plate off my car. I know that the cop is going to think 5200 or 5201 of the California vehicle code. Take a look at those two sections. They don't know what they're doing. You will. What is it? Fifty two hundred and fifty two hundred and fifty two oh one. Those are the the, the plate uh, sections. So if you take the plate off your car, you know people are going to go, oh man, well, you know, because this is. um, I've been doing this for twenty five years, and I've actually uh, Richard had me host his show a bunch of times when he went out of the country, and what what I uh, told people was that I took the plates off my car. And, 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 and <clears throat> what I hear from people is, well, what happens when you get pulled over? Which is an interesting question, but it's actually a non sequitur. <laughs> because it's like, really, you took your plates off your car? Well, um, is that legal? So there was never a question about the legality. It's like the fear part. Like, well, what happens when you get pulled over, dude? You know, they take you to jail, they take your car, they beat you up, you get, you, you, you get tasered? What happens? No, it's not like that at all. You know, what, you're going to be, the cop sees no plates, okay? They pull you over for that. They're going to go ahead and, and write that on the notice to appear. We'll take a look at the words. It says when the DMV issues two plates, it tells you where they're supposed to go and how they're supposed to be attached to your car. So these are conditions of the contract you have with the Department of Motor Vehicles to which you are required to comply. However, John Law is so brilliant, they've never read it. They've probably heard about, oh, you use the 5200 one. I always use that one. Oh, okay. And, uh, but what about 5201? Nah, I don't know that one. Just, just use 5200. That's probably what they're doing. Because who actually wants to uh, work to get paid. You know what I mean? So anyway, um, you, you cannot fail to comply with 5200 unless the party of the first part issues the plates. So officer, um, that's why I asked that question earlier in the call. So officer, is it a fact you cited 5200 of the vehicle code? Oh, yeah, that's correct. And um, um, you have personal knowledge of 5200? Oh, yes, I do. Thank you. Okay, great. Now, um, officer, on what date were the uh, plates issued? What? On what date were the plates issued? You, folks, I, you can qualify the witness, okay, that it's open season on, on, on that. You can, you, can, you can pummel whomever is on the stand with, with uh, you know, um, credibility questions. And, and, and it's perfectly fine to ask a question, officer, do you have personal knowledge of 5200? Because take a look at, at uh, California Evidence Code, 
Section 702, California Evidence Code Section 702. What you'll see is, is no one can testify unless they have personal knowledge of what it is they're going to testify about. So if they don't have personal knowledge of what they're going to give testimony about, they are an incompetent witness and prohibited from testifying. How do you know that that cop who alleged a commercial violation is qualified? You've never met them before. They're your employee. This is your first opportunity as employer to qualify your employee to determine for yourself if they're competent. So, officer, uh, did you attend the police academy? Yeah. And did you graduate? I know it seems like a silly question, but for the record, well, yeah. And did you get the post certificate? Yeah. Great. And I'm qualifying the witness. Okay, so a, a, Greek pe a, a Greek pedestal is going up and up and up, and he's on it. And it's going to go up and up and up when you ask him those qualification questions. His ego is going to move that pillar way on up there into nosebleed territory. Because he knows the law. And he knows if he admits he doesn't know something in that courtroom, <laughs> he's going to have a problem. And so anyway, um, all you want to do is find out whether or not he was in compliance with the rules that apply to him, but he's making an allegation you failed to comply with a rule that you can't possibly comply with unless the DMV issues the plates you contracted for. It's a breach of contract issue, folks. You pull the plates off your car, the cop's got a big problem. Yeah, you do too, but the cop has a big problem. And that problem is, hmm, is it stolen? Hmm, did it fall off? Hmm, what happened? Now, did they get the fish? If they do, you bagged yourself a fish. Why? That fish jumped right out of the water and into your boat. This is beautiful. Cop sees no plate. What's he going to think? Violation of 5200. What's he going to do? Turn on the red lights. As soon as those red lights go on, you know right then and there he screwed up. Why? Because he's about to make a warrantless arrest for non-criminal commercial activity. The, rebut the rebuttal to that presumption is, hey, officer, you got any evidence uh, of, like, I was doing business? What? You got a receipt. What are you talking about, man? Yeah, you got a bill of lading, a manifest, uh, you got an invoice. Come on. The verb, babe. You, you, you stop me for the verb. You know, you got any evidence. Come on. Traffic does not mean congestion. Folks, look up the definition of traffic. Mr. Fox is absolutely correct. All right? It does not mean congestion. I don't care what dictionary you look in. You're not going to see the word congestion associated with the word traffic. It's commerce. Cops are screwing up. They're pulling people over for alleged violations of commercial rules only applicable to drivers who use motor vehicles while carrying passengers or cargo for compensation. A driver is a carrier, folks. Look in a public utility code. 
just because you don't use your driver's license doesn't mean you don't have the agreement. Hello? But the cops got to prove you're involved in commerce at the time. No, well, the cop doesn't have to prove it. The people do, but they never show up at infraction trials. So <clears throat> talk about an opportunity. Excuse me, Your Honor. Uh, I don't think we have everybody here today. What? Well, the officer's here? Well, Your Honor, let me ask you a question. I can't give you any legal advice, sir. Well, thank you. I'm not going to ask you how to do anything. But isn't he the state's witness? Well, yes, sir. Uh, well, who's prosecuting? Huh? Oh, we don't have we don't have the plaintiff. They didn't show up to the play. We get our money back, you know? It's like going to see the play cats and none of the cats show up. <laughs> what? Where, where where's the where's the where's the plaintiff? Well, where's the, the, where's the judge where's the judge says something like, Well, we don't need a prosecutor, this is a traffic ticket or something like that. Uh, look, they're going to open their fat mouth, and they're just going to dive headfirst in that smoldering pile of warm dog poo. They are very accommodating. When you know the rules and you say a few things in the right way, they will head first. Look, we have them by the short hairs. They have to follow more rules than us. Do you think they know all the rules they got to follow? Hell no. Oh. I'll just ask them what rule they're following. This you know, this lady is right on. Hey, where's the damn rule? Show me the rule. Show me the rule. If it applies to me, I'll do it. You know, as long as it works. Here's here's a, okay. Here's something that occurred in a case I worked on. The dude. Uh, it's a preliminary hearing, and the cop. It's the cop, the defendant, the um, assistant DA, the judge, and myself, and two other witnesses. Uh, his friends. Uh, so we're in, we're in there, and um, so the um, ADA, the assistant district attorney, questions the cop first, and um, it was it was it was uh, it was good. It was just boring, blah blah blah. And then the 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 um, the ADA asked the cop. Now keep okay. The guy was uh, um, uh, charged with two misdemeanors. Uh, obstruction and evasion. So it was a violation of the penal code section 148 and like 2800, I think, of the vehicle code evasion. Both misdemeanors, jailable offenses, you know, bing, money, blah. Okay, but you get a jury trial. All right, so uh, the ADA uh, is, is talking about the obstruction part. Okay, now. Keep in mind that my focus is on the reason for the cop to turn on the red lights. That's all I care about. Once I find out the reason for the activation of the red lights, I already know what I'm going to do. So if it's an infraction, bang, that's the course of action right then and there. We're going to get a paycheck out of this, all right? So sure enough, we get, um, we get the police report, and the guy, the, the officer, writes the reason for um, – the, the, um, the, the, the gravamen of why he wanted to stop him, the reason for why he wanted to stop him was 5200 of the vehicle code. As soon as I saw the, as soon as I got the, the police report and I saw 5200, I started drooling green ink. Bang, we got this guy, right? So during this preliminary hearing, the ADA asked the cop a question related to the uh, obstruction charge. And, uh, and, and a cop goes, or the uh, uh, 
attorney goes, well, so was the, uh, was the defendant cooperative? And uh, the officer goes, yeah, he was, uh, da, da, da. oh, at that moment, I just sat there. And I was unbelievable. The cop did not miss a beat. He did not miss a beat. He just said, yeah, you know, just gave it up. He didn't realize what he did, but the ADA did, and so did I. That cop just took out 148. Bang. That only leaves the evasion charge, uh, vehicle code section 2800. But guess what? They can't get to 2800 without going through 5200. And guess what? They never raised 5200. But guess what? We're going to. Because that's why the cop chased them. But they never charged them with 5200. They left it out. I can't figure that part out because that's an easy 50 bucks plus court costs. Why are they not hooking them up to that? I don't care, but I'm going to use this opportunity. So anyway, um, the cop goes, bang, you know, he was cooperative, and check this out. So the judge goes, uh, he turns to the cop immediately, and he goes, well, excuse me, officer, now, uh, are you saying, and he's qualifying the witness. I'm sitting there going, you, oh, no, you know, because what he's doing is he's coaching, you know, and I'm sitting there going, and the cop just came back at this judge and goes, oh, yeah, he was cooperative, blah, blah, blah. And so the judge had to stop, right? <laughs> it's beautiful. Now, here's what occurred. After the uh, ADA got done examining the cop, my guy got to ask the cop questions. Now, interestingly enough, <laughs> uh, we elected to use the questions that would be used at trial. Now, keep in mind that um, the, the uh, guy that I was working with and I had rehearsed these questions hundreds of times. And he had the cheat sheet right there, the cliff notes right in front of him. So it's his turn to ask the cop questions, ask him a couple of setup questions, and bang, he launches into this series. There's like 15 questions, okay? So everything's going smoothly, going smoothly, ba ba ba, going good, bing. So we get to the kill shot. You know, we're, gonna, we're about to close the deal, at least this is what I'm thinking. And uh, the cop answers, but it's feigned ignorance. Well, I don't know, I don't know, uh, you know, and he's looking at the judge, like, help me out of this kind of thing. Because the kill <laughs> shot is, hey, hey, cop, where, where's the authority for what you did? Okay, so he's pretending like he doesn't understand the question. So my guy goes, well, officer, would you like me to rephrase? <laughs> and the cop goes, yeah. So, so you know, I, 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 I'm an asshole, I admit it. So I, I tell people, just ask the same thing again because the cops, it's feigned ignorance. You know, he's just bullshitting. So just say the same thing again. I've done that three times in a court case. You know, the cop pretended he didn't know. I said, would you like me to rephrase? And he goes, yeah. And I just asked him the same question again until he answered it. And so the cop, um, uh, finally, he doesn't know how to answer the question. What does my guy do? He doesn't close. He, he starts making stuff up. I, my toes are curling in my sandals. I'm going, I'm going, shut up, shut up, shut up. Oh, my God, shut up. No, no. I couldn't take it. I got up and walked out of the courtroom and, and was pacing in the hallway like an expectant father, waiting for him to shut up, right? I'm going, what are you doing, right? Because now he's making stuff up. Well, check this out. This is really interesting. Um, 20 minutes. 
20 minutes, finally the cop comes out. All right. So the, I don't know. I wasn't in there for the end. But the next time we went to court, the next week, the judge gave my, my, the defendant an, an absolutely incredible opportunity. During, during an explanation, which you don't want to do, it's making admissions and confessions. You don't want to be doing that. You don't want to be arguing with the court. So he's sitting there, and he, he defaults into the standard operating procedure of explaining. Okay, what he essentially does is he puts on his case. He's explaining to the judge, but here's what occurred. The judge was buying it. It was beautiful. My guy was laying it out. It's basically your closing argument. And uh, so he's laying it out for the judge, and the judge is, you know, he's into it. I'm sitting there looking at the judge. I mean, he's far out. This is great. And my guy's doing a great job putting the information there. And then all of a sudden, the judge goes, no, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. No, because if da 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 no. So blah, 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 done. Okay, great. So the judge just shut the door. But he had that door open for the longest time, and he heard it, right? So I was stoked because this was a huge opportunity. So we, you know, the hearing's over. We walk out in the hallway. I go, dude, this is so cool. Next week when you go to court, okay, uh, when, when you have the opportunity to talk to the judge, make him an offer. Judge, last week when, you were, uh, when I was speaking with you, you made a, uh, a determination that infractions of crimes and the officer had authorization uh, to make the stop. So, Your Honor, I have a proposal. Uh, in the interest of justice and saving the taxpayer, you know, the people, you know, a, a lot of money, I'm going to go ahead and make the offer uh, to, to plead guilty uh, and, and the court can impose, you know, whatever sentence uh, the legislature provides. Uh, when you produce uh, the section uh, from either the statute or code where, where the legislature has provided the, the officer with the authority to make a warrantless arrest for alleged violation of 5200. Are you Boom. kidding me? Are you kidding Dang. me? This has never <laughs> happened before, right? I'm sitting here going, dude, you can you can cave this thing in. That judge took a position the week before. Let's see if he's uh, if his feet are uh, actually touching the ground. Just have him. He's the one who said, yeah, the officer was authorized. Okay, great, Your Honor. You tell me where the where the where the officer gets the authority to make warrantless arrest for, for uh, alleged violation of fifty two hundred. You do that, and I'll go ahead and plead guilty, and you can impose whatever sentence the legislature provides, folks. It's a no win proposition. It's a it's a mind f for the judge. There is no sentence. <laughs> you can't be sentenced for not you know for breaking a non existent law. This right. judge took a, took a position. He blew both of his feet off and didn't even know it. <laughs> and, and did the guy do it? No. And you know what else he did? He had a jury trial. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Guy wound up going to jail for 60 days. <clears throat> oh, God. Yeah, well, I, I, uh, he, I ran into the gut instinct thing. So I asked him, not, see, I was doing my best to persuade him because I never encourage people to do a jury trial. It's, it's, a, it's a waste of time. You just want the robe because we have all the rules that apply to them. 
you know. So, uh, but but in any event, so he's considering doing doing a jury trial. So I'm going, dude, you can doing it. Well, you know, I have this gut instinct. Well, folks, I don't know how to speak stomach. So, uh, yeah, I didn't go to I, I didn't go to court with him the next day. And he decided to have a jury trial. And he dressed well and everything. Went out and got himself a brand new suit for the for the event and got his ass remanded into custody. And you know what he did? Snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. And once again, I didn't get my back in. Why? Because of an egomaniac pro person. I probably blamed you, too. Well, as a matter of fact, that that did occur. Yeah. You know, it's it's the one thing, you know. Yeah. It's the wonders of teaching. But anyway, thank you so much for letting me um, go on like this. And... um, um, I, I really appreciate, you know, what, what I've heard in the last amount of time. Um, it's really great stuff. So good. It's really encouraging. To, yeah. It's really encouraging. You know, there's people out there, uh, doing this stuff. There's a lot to be done, but, but the, 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 uh, at the bottom line is we, we have, the, we have, we're in the cat, we're the creditor. They're the debtor. We've got to start acting like it. We've got the leverage. They owe us. They have a fiduciary responsibility to us. If they don't like it, they can quit and go work in the private sector. That's right. Robert, do you have anything to say? You're so quiet. Um, Well, you know, pretty much the the same thing. I mean, I've I've been in situations where I coach people, and then they deviate from the coaching and end up in in trouble. And and, then they blame you. And it's supposed to be my fault, you know what I mean? (laughs) I know. So I understand what Rich is saying, and uh, you know, but you know, I've been in a lot of situations too where uh, I could, you know, I would practically take over and do the whole thing. I, I mean, I'm. Uh, I know. Oh my Rich God. might find this interesting. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I'm the only one that I know of that has. Uh, um, sat at the defense table in other people's federal criminal cases, and I've done it in six different states. Where's the next friend? Um, well, as you know, you could, you could say that. I never used that term, but, uh, uh, you know, I just would do it. That's cool. Hey, you're on. Is it okay if I sit here? It looks like an empty chair. <laughs> well, it isn't exactly the way things go. You know, it's uh, it's uh, uh, like, for instance, when in Oklahoma the courtroom's packed, uh, the defendant asks for me to be at the uh, defense table. I get up in the audience area and I go to the swinging gate to the communion rail. And I got it open about six inches, and the judge says, one moment, Mr. Fox, do you have a license to practice law in the state of Oklahoma? And I said, "Uh, neither yourself, sir, nor any of the other attorneys here have a license to practice law in the state of Oklahoma. And what he said? The judge turns to the prosecutor. He said, does the prosecution have any uh, objection to Mr. Fox uh, sitting at the defense table? And the prosecutor, oh, yes, Your Honor, we object, blah, blah, this, and blah, blah, that, and on, and on, and on, and on, and on. And then finally, he's done. 
And the judge says, very well, Mr. Fox, you may sit at the defense table. <laughs> so but in the, the meantime, see, see, the audience forgot what I said. It went on for so long, they forgot what I said. And it what was never you addressed. You know what I well, mean? Well, what did you say? Oh, I did, said, they, did any of I them said neither the judge yeah, nor the attorneys yeah, yeah. present had a license to practice law. That's right. That shut him up real quick, huh? Well, you know, he couldn't he couldn't admit to that in front of the public. Sure, well. and he couldn't he couldn't say, oh, "Oh, well, Mr. Fox, what do you mean by that?" <laughs> you know, because yeah. he could tell by my demeanor and by the the way I expressed myself that I knew what I was talking about. And he certainly wasn't going to let me expound on it in any detail. <laughs> Amazing. No, they didn't want you to go any further, probably. So what nope. happened then? Well, then I sat at the defense table. And then what? And, well, uh, I mean, uh, in that guy's case, he'd already been convicted, and this was his sentencing. Uh, and so... Uh, uh, so you were sitting at the defense table? Yeah. Okay. And was the guy there that you sat yeah. next to? And yeah. so... But, but well, why did you do that since it was too late now? Well, the thing is that it's called allocution. And, and he, you know, you can win despite anything else that's happened in the case. Oh, okay. And I'm probably, I, you know, Rich, do you know of anybody who's coached people both state and federal at allocution and won both state no. and federal? Well, that that was kind of a multiple question, but the answer is no. I I don't have any. Uh, I, I I don't. I've never dealt with alloc with allocution, uh, so uh, no. Well, I have. Robert, and, uh, <laughs> Robert did. <laughs> so I, you know, I coach these people, and the the, the fact of the matter it traces back. Well, it, it traces back all the way. Basically, you have—they have to have your consent, and 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 what they do is they they pile up all this stuff against the guy, and then he's he's in a position where he's like, oh well, couldn't you be a little bit lenient with me because of this, that, and the other thing, and and I, you know, I really didn't mean to, and and I'm so sorry that I did, and 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 you know, all of that stuff doesn't get you anywhere. You know, but in plain statement, I don't consent to any of this. I don't consent to the fact that the that the uh, officers t uh, uh, perjured themselves when they testified against me. I don't consent to the prosecutor doing this, and I don't consent to the judge doing that. And you know, I don't consent to any of this process. You know, yeah. And and like uh, uh, with a fellow by the name of Don McCarley in in Dallas. In the federal court, um, I uh, coached him with it and then filed the allocution affidavit and an uh, understanding that how things might go, I prepared a little script for him. And sure enough, so he comes into the courtroom. I mean, they had him in the lockup because they'd already had him convicted. And so now it was sentencing. So he... he uh, uh, gets to speak and so he just starts speaking and 
the assistant district attorney who later became district attorney for Dallas, uh, uh, you know, federal, uh, uh, like the U.S. attorney for for Dallas. Anyway, he jumps up and uh, I object, Your Honor, and uh, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, then Don McCarley used the script that, that I gave him. And and Don says, this is my elocution, and I deny that any petty father shyster groveling for filthy lucre has the status standing in authority to speak at my elocution. Very good. <laughs> and that guy turned beet red, sat down, and never had another word to say. Wow. And the judge was like, uh, uh, Mr. McCarley, uh, uh, there won't be anything. Uh, uh, there won't be, just time served. <laughs> you know, really? They were, he was up for years in prison. Wow, you know, and it stopped them dead in their tracks, and and uh, and what did it? You know, what did the al- did the al- what? Well, what stopped them dead in their tracks? The allocution or the mere fact that he said what he said to the lawyer? Oh, the the uh, the allocution, because they they're always doing slick tricks, okay? Right. But like, Rich sees through these slick tricks and knows how to handle it. But most people are are novices, and they don't even understand that a slick trick is being perpetrated on them. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, like they're just ambushed in the courtroom, sure. and that's like goes back to what we were all agreeing earlier. That I say all uh, Rich and I anyway that uh, people need to go into the courtroom and watch trials right. and acclimate themselves to that environment and that kind of position. It Otherwise, is, it is, they just come in and they're discombobulated. It, it is really, really bad. It is really bad. People don't have have any awareness of the extent of badness. Um, if if uh, I, I have transcripts that are absolutely mind-boggling. I can't even say the word. They're so bad. And and if you want, I'll I'll sit here. <laughs> um, I'll sit here and read a transcript if you want one night, Angela, so you guys can hear this stuff. This is, you know, talk about horror stories. I, I don't know about yeah. you, Robert, you know, what you've experienced in court, but, um, I mean, this is Edgar Allan Poe on LSD stuff, you know, and, 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 and mess. It, the stuff is just so bad. But I, but, but I want, and I want to say this, though. I, I, don't, I don't believe in, like, evil. I'm not into that. Um, because if it's evil, then it, it, it's beyond the realm where I can use my hands and my body and stuff and my mouth. So it's not evil. It's just seriously criminal people who <laughs> are not following the rules, who are in denial, and they don't want to get caught. Well, unfortunately for them, enough information has escaped and has been out in the wild now for a, a very, very long time. And people are figuring this stuff out. Their days are over. It's just a matter of more people finding out about this stuff, but it's really bad. And yeah, at the same you know time, we still have the upper hand. So um, anyway. <laughs> We've got one more person with their hand up. Great Kazoo, you've been unmuted. I shouldn't say person. I should say we have another man or woman ready to talk. No. Did you have a question, Great Kazoo? Welcome. Hi, everybody. Yeah, I got Hi. a question. Okay. Um, Got to wrap it up, though. Okay, just real quick. One question. Is it not the law-abiding citizen the highest practice of law? 
Well, that's a great question. Check out this uh, Brandeis quote. Uh, the only title in our, unfortunately, he uses the word democracy, uh, the only title in our democracy superior to that of president is the title of citizen. Louis Brandeis, the United States Supreme Court Justice. Well, I will not be referred to as a woman, but that's me. Anyway, Robert, did you have anything else to add before we close out? Well, I just thought if there's people listening, um, you might wonder what what they had against Don McCarley. And it went like this. He was a trucker from Missouri. He stopped in to use the phone at his brother's office in a high-rise on the North Dallas Loop. So Don is talking on the phone, and surprise, surprise, nine IRS agents arrive, and it's search and seizure time, folks. Oh. Well, they'd already scoped out who worked there. But this guy sitting at the desk was a surprise. They didn't know who he was. So the agent grabbed the phone from, from Dawn, slammed it down on the receiver, and uh, and said, uh, who are you? And Dawn says, am I under arrest? And the agent says, no. And uh, Dawn says, great, adios, I'm out of here. And he gets up and he goes out in the hallway and he's leaving. But as he goes down the hallway, all of a sudden he remembers he forgot his car keys on the desk. Oh, no. He half turns around. He tackled him to the floor and beat him up, handcuffed him, and took him to jail. Oh, my God. And and so in they brought two federal charges against him. One was assaulting federal officers. Oh, my God. Which he didn't do. <laughs> you know? yeah. Assaulting federal officers and... Impairing a search and seizure. So the first one I, I had a hell of a laugh off of, and I uh, told his brother, I said, I'm going to file something here. So I filed by affidavit that if these officers are, if these IRS agents are claiming to be federal officers, that's impersonating a federal officer and is a 10 year felony. <laughs> that charge disappeared from the planet. There was no hearing, no discussion, nothing. It, the charge That's was amazing. gone. Fantastic. And then for, huh? That was fantastic. Well, because they're not federal officers. No, I know. I know. That's great. And and it is a ten year felony for you know to impersonate a federal officer. You just have to look at at. Uh, Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin in the uh, movie Midnight uh, uh, Express. What was it? Midnight Express? Something. Uh, it was... Uh, <laughs> Midnight... No. No, I, I'm trying to remember now. But it was it was uh, uh, where De Niro was an ex-cop. Midnight Run. Midnight Run, that's it. Thank that's you, it. So... So then uh, that left the other charge of impairing the search and seizure. And there is no way that Dawn could impair the search and seizure from the hallway. Really? You know what I mean? How's that yeah. work? And yeah. and so they brought him to trial. And, uh, you know, he he went for a jury trial, which, like Rich was saying, you know, that's almost a suicide. Um but um, um, it's very, it's very.
very tough because the the jury are not familiar with, no, with anything. Yeah. And you come in, when you're in the defense position, you come in as a criminal and, you know, it's an uphill battle to prove that you're innocent. Yeah. So anyway, the IRS agents testified against Don that, you know, uh, he did this and that. And he, you know, uh, they weren't claiming to be federal agents anymore, but they said uh, he damaged their wristwatch and he bent their eyeglasses frames and it was really terrible. And, oh, my God. Just, you know, and if you knew meek, mild, polite Don would never, you know, you know, do any of this, but, it, you know, you just have to, Bear it, you know, because oh man, you know, they, they make your no life video. miserable. Yeah, they got no video, but but <clears throat> they've got the numbers, and there's only Don to refute it, and he looks like the criminal, you know, he's up on charges. Terrible. So, so anyway, they they made all that, and and uh, uh, but there was a serious question, like I said, how did Don impair the search and seizure in the office when he was in the hallway? Well, the structure of the trial, you know, goes to the end, and then there's what's closing argument. And the prosecution goes first, then Dawn, and then the prosecution gets the last shot at it. And that's where the prosecutor brought up the, the issue that the way Dawn impaired the search and seizure was that it took three officers, three IRS agents, to take him to jail. That left six to do the work of nine. Are you kidding me? And, of course, the jury oh listened to God. that, but their brains aren't turned on. They just accepted <laughs> what the prosecutor said and found him yeah. guilty. Yeah. But I went ahead and, by affidavit, pointed out that is such malarkey because... If that is the case, those nine IRS agents could have stopped at the Galleria Mall at random, selected three different shoppers, put three officers on each one of them, and take them to jail. Now the search and seizure would be completely impaired. The, the issue being, don't tell us what happened afterwards. Tell us what happened when it, for the, right. the reason for putting the handcuffs on Don McCarley. Right. Not after the fact. Yeah. So, so. so the fact of the matter is there was no way to cover that. And so at elocution, Don McCarley laid it on him and walked right out the front door of the federal courthouse wow. when everybody was figuring that he was going bye-bye in prison for years. Wow. That's so cool. I love that. I love success stories. Oh, what a great way to end the call. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Robert, for coming on. I, I hope you'll do it again soon. It's always good well, to have you on. I, I like your voice. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy sharing with folks, and I enjoy helping them. So my number is 204-477-1215, and we got to also somehow... Say it again. Two zero four four seven seven four seven seven one two one five. 
One, two, one, five. I'm just putting it in the Sometimes chat. I can solve people's whole case over the phone. <laughs> That's amazing. God. You know, it just depends on what it is, you know? Yeah. But, you know, or or I can make a phone call like I did with uh, this guy, Tony, that thought that he was going bye-bye and dying in prison. <laughs> amazing. You're a real... Uh, Cherished treasure, I should say. Angel. But yeah, Godsend. You're a blessing, Robert. Well, you're a blessing, and so is Rich, and and Renee is wonderful, and yes, I, I know that all the people that are on the call are, you know, diligently seeking the truth, mm-hmm. and you know, to do things the right way, and right. and uh, it's unfortunate that, you know. The whole thing is made so complicated by Petty Parker Scheister's groveling for filthy lucre. Yeah. <laughs> really, that's a good. I have to type that one out too. That's a good one. All right, everybody. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, everybody. Rocco and BJ and everybody that you didn't hear too much of. Uh, next week we'll have Rocco and BJ on the whole two hours, right, Rocco? Oh yeah, and then uh. And then we'll get Craig lined up for the week after that. Yes, very good. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. It's been fun. I enjoyed it. Oh, I should mention, Money Mike is going to have a call right now following this call. If you want to go on there, let's see. uh, Money Mike's call number is 142306. That's the call ID, I should say. 142306. Three zero six, and uh, I guess that'll be five minutes after we close out. Okay, thank you so much, everybody. Have a great weekend. I love y'all, and we'll see you next time. Hey, thanks again, Angela. Thank you, Robert. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.